The Max Level Podcast for July 29th, 2019 is brought to you by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. The following episode has been paid for by the New World Order. Wait a second. No, it hasn't. This is Max Level. This is Level Down Games. Sports. It's in the game. The grasshopper plague of Las Vegas. Are you serious? What is that? Oh boy. Dude, have you guys not seen the videos of this? Jessica was showing it to me a little bit yesterday, but I don't really understand what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. Uh, Moses is mad. <laughs> God, God is raining his wrath down upon the Sin City. And it's, uh, it's finally happened. It's finally happened. Grasshoppers everywhere um not so much not so much in my neighborhood because i live like super duper on the outskirts of town but there's i mean like i I took my family to ice cream last night and there was grasshoppers all over the place i was catching them and letting the kids hold them and stuff and they liked that a lot but there's this dude that i went to high school with who's like (laughs) like uber religious and he posted on facebook and i don't know if he was kidding or not I don't think he was because it didn't sound like he was kidding. And usually he doesn't kid about religion because he's he's pretty religious. Sean, you know this person. I won't say his name here. Okay. But he's like, he's like, <laughs> hey, y'all see this? Y'all see this? Like, this is it. This is what the this is what the Bible talked about. This is the plagues. Like, better read your Bibles, y'all. Like, kind of was posting this and was like, hashtag God's gonna get you, something like that. You know? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, and I was like, I was, you know, like I was like, yeah, like maybe it's the plagues from the Bible. Like, maybe that's real, but maybe it's just grasshoppers. <laughs> like, like it's not really a plague because we don't have any crops here. It's not like they're eating anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not like killing anybody. It's just grasshoppers. But look at the so is look, Vegas like, the truck stop before they go and do that. Like the orange, the orange fields of California or something. We're not going to have any oranges anymore because God's mad at us. Say bye to your avocados. Dude, go to YouTube and watch type in like grasshoppers Las Vegas strip and you can see them like the Luxor light. It's just, it's just, it looks like polka dotted. It's just grasshoppers all over the place. And then well, it's always people... lit though. No, 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 oh, no, 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 Bally's always has it, you know, when you're on the when you're on the strip and you're walking down the street, they always have the front doors open just so people can walk in and out. The, they all started shutting their front doors because too many grasshoppers were getting in. There are so many grasshoppers. And the eight years that I lived out there, I don't remember seeing that many, period. So this, I guess we don't I guess have my own. No, that's what I mean. Like, I, I and I've seen a few out there, but it's never been like a ton but I guess I don't quite understand where they came from. The problem with Las Vegas is that they're very dramatic about things that they shouldn't be anyways. Like you'll have a, a quote unquote wind storm and someone's plastic lawn chair will fall over and then they'll be like, oh my gosh, Las Vegas, we will rebuild. Like it, it, they are just dramatic there because nothing ever happens. But yeah. something like this, hit. 
Yeah. <laughs> you get you get an inch of snow out there and the city shuts down. Yeah. Dude, they called a snow day. I know. Trust me, I know. I was there but for one of them in like 2008. We, yeah, we don't well, we don't have snow plows here. So if there's snow on the road, nobody can do anything. An inch well, isn't going to do shit. <laughs> I mean, well, it will be drivers, was bad. Dude. People don't know what to do here. We no, we never driving it. We have no idea what's going on. Did I ever tell you I got into a car accident at two miles an hour because of that snowstorm? No. I drove. You remember my car, Kyle? I used to have a Mazda six. My tires were like maybe an inch and a half thick. I had these steel radials on there, not snow tires. Okay. And we're driving that day, and I'm a copy repair tech. I'm driving around and freaking. I am like pulling up to an intersection like a grandma does in like her '98 Buick Lesabre or whatever. You know how they drive real slow? They creep real slow up to the stop sign. I'm doing that. No big deal. Hit a patch of black ice in Las Vegas. I, I'm like, what is this? I had enough time to react to every little thing that happened in the accident and still hit the car. Like I'm hitting the brakes. I popped the e-brake. I grabbed the light, the the steering wheel with both hands attended to it with like white knuckled it. And I was like, no! and then I hit. And it, and it drove me insane. I didn't understand what happened. I felt like I needed to talk to someone about this. Like I, I couldn't cope with it. And then I, and then the best part, I look up. Pregnant lady gets out of the car. I'm like, are you effing kidding me right now, right? And and bless her she heart, fell on if the she ground. listens to this, she, she fell on the ground, starts flopping around, killed her baby for the miscarriage. I want the literally, money. <laughs> literally, nothing happened to her car. My car has like a two inch scratch on it, and she's like, yeah, we're cool. I'm like. I am so grateful for you. We good, boo. We good, boo. <laughs> Literally nothing about this story exaggerated. Everything happened just as I said. That's Vegas. Like, it, it just, it's stupid. Vegas does not work pro properly. Like, Vegas blue screens out of every other city the most. Like, Vegas.exe stops working all the time. I don't, I don't understand what it is about it, but it sucks. It, it's true. Great town. Love it. Gave him a start. But F me if it's if it doesn't get messed up for every little thing. It's true. And I'll probably never go back. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. But if you didn't know. Baby, okay. If you didn't know. <laughs> this is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. For those just joining us, welcome home. Max Level is a breakfast powwow between four friends wrapped up in an all-purpose gaming show. On today's episode, we have a special announcement for the upcoming Streamworks Alliance charity event. We go in-depth with Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Minecraft, and Madden NFL 20. There's a hefty weekly wrap up where we'll talk a bit about the Nintendo Switch Joy-Con drifting issues. Plus, mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto Online has added an actual casino in the game, and we have some thoughts. I'm your host, Brian, and joining us, speaking of Las Vegas, joining us this week, we have Frank. Hey, guys. Uh oh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no. I haven't done this in a while. Wait, where, where is it? I didn't even hear it. What? Hang on a second. There it was. There it, there is. There it was. Sorry, guys. There it I'm was. I'm a little rusty. He's back. It's Sean. Hey! And live from Las Vegas, it's Kyle. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Frank. <laughs> What's up, big dog? Everyone, good morning. Special shout out to Dance of the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our content. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever listening to us and leave that five-star rating under review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. All right, Kyle, I want to give you the floor here for a few minutes because you finally have an announcement 
for your big charity event that's going to be coming up in less than two months. And I think it's time that we finally start talking about it. Dude, I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. So we did get a lot of things finalized uh, for this charity event. Just just again, in case anybody missed the initial spiel of it, because it was a long time ago, it was like six or seven months ago that we talked about it initially. Um, I am a pediatric doctor. I work in Las Vegas, Nevada, and pediatrics is super underfunded in Las Vegas. And uh, so one of the things that I thought I was going to do was start streaming and through the stream raise money to uh, help some sort of pediatric fund or or charity group here in Las Vegas. So we've got a lot of things finalized. We do have the recipient and I went and visited this recipient a couple days ago, uh, about a week ago now and had a really good time there. There's a there's a Vegas PBS building here, uh, kind of down in the heart of the city. And there is a special needs resource library. And this is this is the kind of patient population that I work with every day at work or special needs children, children who need help, you know, walking, reading, writing, you know, talking, um, John, you know, all sorts of things. We see them at my clinic. And so went and talked to the people down at the Vegas PBS special resource needs library. Super duper cool library. They've got all kinds of toys and and games and videos and books and they have an entire section of braille books which i didn't know people still read braille and i asked the lady i was like people still read braille and she's like no not really but just in case and i was like that's smart i like that you know just preparing <laughs> so anyways so <laughs> but they got there, there was a lot of books like there was like some some like dungeons and dragons books in there in braille it was kind of tight that's cool yeah it was real tight so I talked to her about that. She said, she said, we, we are uh, a grant funded library. She's like, but we do take financial donations and we've got a lot of people that donate to us because they like the work we do. And I was like, well, I like the work you do. And the reason I know about this library is through my job. And I've got a lot of, I've got some coworkers and a lot of patients who utilize this library and they're anything that's state funded is always a little underfunded. That's just kind of how that's the way of the world. Right. Especially in Vegas. Yeah, that's you. Right. And especially with pediatrics. And so this is a library that does get a lot of their funding from private funding and private uh, fundraising. So I talked to them. We're going to be doing a charity stream event on September 21st and September 22nd. That's a Saturday and Sunday. And we're going to be going pretty much all day on those days. I'm not going to be doing like a 48 hour stream or nothing because I'm not a psychopath. People who do them 24 hour streams, man. I don't know about those people. They're crazy. Those are people you don't want to trust in real life. I'm just kidding. It, it, you, <laughs> you know what, they, they, they do it and that's good for them. I just can't do it. I get way too sleepy, way too fast, but I'll be doing probably eight hour streams each day on those days. And I've got a list of other streamers who are going to be uh, participating as well. And so if you'll humor me for a minute, I'll plug some of these streams. It's going to be me. And that's Bruce underscore deduce, B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. And I'm the one that's kind of organized the whole thing. And I'm trying to raise some money for this library. Uh, A couple other streamers have agreed to stream over the course of that weekend. And any proceeds that they get over the course of that weekend will be donated to the charity fund as well. Uh, those streamers include Deadshot TV 22, Robsta, Raging Girl Gamer, who is a b- friend of the show. Oh, she's on board. Myself. She's on board. Cool. He is on board. You better believe it. She's the cool. best, man. Uh, Grizzly Andrew, Watreva, The Real McLovins. And I'm I'm working on your boy, Josh Verified. He said he he said he might be busy that weekend, but he said he would do it if he if he has the weekend off. I was yeah. actually playing Jackbox Party Pack with that fool last night. He's so funny, man. 
Yeah, shout out to Josh Verified. Hopefully he's able to uh, to participate because I think he would be he would be a big contributor for sure. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. And so there's a there's a short list of the uh, of the streamers that are going to be participating. And that may change. Some of those may drop. We may add some few over the coming, you know, almost two months until the event. But it should be a lot of fun. I'm going to be playing, you know what, uh, 920. I might, if I'm not dead from the Area 51 raid, I'll be on that stream and I, I'll be playing probably Link's Awakening because that came out, comes out on 922. Yeah, if, if you're doing eight hours on that day, then you might be able to finish the game, the game. yeah, yeah I might, but, but i'm not i probably i probably won't do the same game the whole time either like no I'll no no no, no, no definitely not there and there i mean you know just because i live in a house with other people like there will be special appearances for my stupid kids and uh <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure my wife will pop in here and there you know short breaks to pee short breaks to eat a sandwich or something but i'll be on most of that day streaming so please come by check out the stream uh check out the streamworks alliance section on the leveldowngames.com website as well there's going to be a flyer with all of those streamers that i named on it and that should be up hopefully by the time this posts or shortly after shortly within the next week or so uh so you know check out those streamers come check out the stream even if you don't donate and we don't want people to donate we want people to be involved uh and to and to just come have a good time. That's what it's all about. So, so check it out. And uh, if you got any questions, you can hit me up on Twitch or or hit up Brian through Level Down Games, and we'd be happy to. Or go to the Discord, ask questions there. We'd be happy to talk about it. What weekend was it again? September twenty first and twenty second. Okay. Okay. Saturday, right. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I'll be there. I'll probably be pretty deep in uh, WoW Classic by that point as well. So. Yeah, that'll be fun to do. That'll be fun to do. Yeah. I. Uh, that's like what a little under a month after WoW Classic comes out. So. Uh, who knows if we'll be 60 by that point? Probably. I was about to say, yeah, we'll be about but, level nine by that point. I don't know exactly what level will be, but it will be yeah, fun. Your charity stream can get like pretty much Barons and then you'll be done. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get through a couple questions to Barons with how much running would do. <laughs> What's cool though is the uh, the thing that I have for our website on leveldowngames.com for that Streamworks Alliance charity section. There is a spot that if they click on your name, it brings up your stream and they can watch it right there on the website. And it still counts towards your views and everything like it's just like an extension of Twitch. Yeah. Once we have the final list of streamers participating, I will add them to that. So everything will be right there centrally located as well. Uh, It'll it'll be it'll be a list in the right hand side that anyone going to that section of the website can just click on that particular person and it'll load their stream. So it'll actually be in in one spot or you won't have to go back and forth. And it's not like a stream view or anything like that, but it's just an extension to where instead of typing in twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce, they just click it and it opens it up right then and there. And a big shout out to the mods of my stream, too, who have who have done a lot a lot of legwork for me over the last few months of helping that out. Brian, you yourself being one of them, but also Courtney, Nullmines, Truckzilla, um, a lot of help from them in getting a lot of this figured out and and helping me with a lot of the background stuff. So big shout out to them, too. This is going to be a lot of freaking fun, and I hope I hope we see a big turnout from it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I won't be able to participate too much on the Saturday because that's our opening night for the Haunted House here. Oh, that I work yeah. At in Northeast yeah. Ohio. But we are Wanted not open house. that Sunday. We are not open that Sunday. So I will be there for the entire time on Sunday. Me too. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I would hope so. That is your event. 
Looking forward to it though. Again, I'm that's. Requesting uh, you, I'm requesting that you do some EDR. I can definitely. Uh, dude, I no joke. Uh, and also, big shout out to Miss K Ortiz, who uh, is a is a fan of the stream. She's part of the community, and she's the one that's making the the flyer as well. She's a big DDR fan, and I was trying to hit her up the other day. Not even for the stream. I just wanted to play DDR. She has like pads and stuff. I was like, hey, I'm going to come over. She lives in Vegas. I was like, I'm going to come over. Let's play some DDR. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like 1130 at night. And I was like, yeah, I want to play some DDR. It's time to dance. Yes. <laughs> can't stop the beat. Okay? <laughs> Not when you let them Captain Jack bangers, man. Dude, right? <laughs> Captain Jack bangers, boys. It's all about Suguru. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I still remember Suguru. I remember being at Kyle's house like... 15 17 years ago playing Suguru on the PS2 with the fold up pads. Yeah, this I is when they only had the fold up pads. So we had to we had to tape them down <laughs> with duct tape to a piece of plywood so we had something hard to dance on. <laughs> Remember? I got something hard. I was, I, dude, I was trying so hard <laughs> okay. not to make the joke. Jeez, man. I was trying Can't so say hard to be just gay. Not to make the joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Give your balls a tug. Yeah, give your balls a tug. Alright, let's talk about some games we've been playing over the past week, and we're not going to get too deep into Fire Emblem. I do want to quickly mention it, though, because Fire Emblem Three Houses came out uh, as of time of recording yesterday, and I know, Kyle, you actually played it uh, Thursday night when it officially launched right away. Yep. I ordered a I ordered the, the physical copy from Amazon. Uh, I actually got my pre-order in before they turned off like the save 20 percent on new releases. So it was actually cheaper for me to buy it from there instead of using a Nintendo online voucher. <laughs> so I nice. saved my voucher because I actually got it for, you know, like 45 instead of the, the 50 that the voucher is worth. And five bucks is five bucks when you don't make that much money. So I, I kept my Amazon pre-order to to get the cheaper price. It didn't arrive until like three, three thirty yesterday afternoon. And then I had some other stuff to do. So I did not get a chance to go too in depth with it on the day it came out, which I wanted to. But I didn't get a chance to. But I do want to know because I took a little bit of a break this past week and I did not watch your streams. So are you initially enjoying it in the first couple hours? And which house did you choose and why? OK, boy. First of all, of course, I'm enjoying it. This is such a cool game. It is so fun. Uh, the the entire school dynamic is really rad. It really does. It's kind seriously of like one of my favorite aspects of any game, especially JRPGs. The school aspect in this one, though, is fantastic. It's so good. And all the students, all the characters are really well fleshed out. Yeah. But I went with your boy, Dimitri in the Blue Lions. Okay, you want oh, blue lions? No, you no, want the blue no, lions? No, Kyle, dude, it's Team I, Instinct, man, all the way. Team, well, what's that? That's the golden deer. Yeah, I was what's gonna, up, golden? Stag? Okay, so I was golden. I, don't know. I was gonna go uh, golden <laughs> because they have my favorite student. Raphael's my favorite student. Oh, he's the one with the the uh, the bursting buttons on his shirt. Yeah, dude, those buttons are just crying for mercy. They are praying for mercy. They're holding <laughs> on for dear life. Uh, he's my favorite student. But I liked the overall student mix of the Blue Lions better. I like Annette. I like uh, that that dude who talks a lot of trash. I don't. I can't even remember his name. But the overall the overall student mix of the Blue Lions I liked, and I liked Dimitri the best of the leaders of the house. I was talking with another friend who went. Uh, let's see, it's Golden Deer. Is that what you went, Brian? No, I thought you I didn't. was gonna go, but yeah, I, changed, I, I changed my mind after seeing the cast of characters actually okay. interacting with one another in the game. I went Black Eagles. You went Black Eagles. 
Mm-hmm. Is that the one that has that real busty girl? <laughs> Dorothea? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, it looks like Dorothy, but it's Dorothea is how yeah, they pronounce Dorothea. her game. Um, LaRue. The main reason I went with them, because I plan to go that route for the romance. Plan to plan to wife up Dorothea. See, I I better be ever better be able to wife up Manuela, first of all. You can. Oh, that is 100 percent an option. I know. I know (laughs) and she makes it clear to you and right away that that's an option like you can clearly tell that that is an option or Sateth's little sister whatever her name is as long as she's not too young I don't know how old she is it's oh Freya or whatever something like that that. now keep in mind keep in keep in mind and and I will say this a lot of the character ages are in their late teens and by late teens, I mean 16, 17 and 18. OK, in legal Japan, in, Nevada. in Japan, illegal in Nevada and Japan, that is OK as well. So they don't really change the age as much. Most of the characters you're going to be romancing are in that age range. And it it really isn't that weird because your and, character and your is also that age. Yes, yeah. exactly. Your character is also that age. I was going to go Golden Deer, but I didn't like the leader of the house, Claude. See, he's my favorite leader. He's my favorite leader. I was talking with a buddy of mine who went Golden Deer, and he goes, he says, if Claude calls me teach one more time, I swear to God, I'm going to make him a healer. And I started laughing. (laughs) I was laughing so hard. Like, that's the funniest insult I've ever heard. It's almost like, what's that one we talked about when people are defaults? Oh, yeah. This is the RPG equivalent of that. Like, you call me, you call me teach one more time. I'm going to make you a healer. (laughs) But anyways, anyways, the school aspect is really fun. Are you playing on classic mode where if they die, they die? Yeah. And that's that's really I mean, that's the extent of Fire Emblem. I know casual mode is nice and I get why it exists, but I do enjoy the the classic aspect of it. But I use it as a challenge. I use it as a challenge to myself because I still don't lose any characters. The, the second somebody dies, I end the battle and start over. Well, it's not fun. Uh, there's a there's a couple I'm getting ready to throw on the front line, I think. Yeah, see, I don't like to kill anybody because it it you lose aspects of the story later in the game if certain characters go away because they're okay, not well, there. If, if Sateth's a playable character, that boy's a goner. <laughs> that boy's going front line and I'm just not, I'm not even going to move him every turn. I'm just going to leave him there. <laughs> let him die <laughs> no frank frank it is fun I actually that's how i've always played fire why, emblem it, like, it like adds, if, the why don't you just play it as casual is what i'm saying like if because it adds more of a challenge it is more so of a challenge if you know i can you i can yeah. i can act if, if i know they're gonna die i have to strategically place my units to where you know i'm trying not to lose the battle because some of these battles if I keep starting them over and luckily I didn't have to for the prologue battle or the chapter one battle, I was able to get through those just fine without anyone passing away. But later on in the game, as we get, you know, 15, 20 chapters deep and the game is still not even halfway over, then that it gets it gets hard. And some of these battles will go from an hour on casual mode to like four hours because you had to restart them three times. And it just it makes you I feel like it makes you a better player and not and again, not an insult. If you're playing on casual mode, it doesn't like you're we're not better than that, but it makes you aware more of your, I guess, surroundings on the battlefield to where the I, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. The strategy comes a lot more in play that way. Think think before you eat. That's that's the, the phrase. Yeah. I think. 
but I've been having a lot of fun. You said you said it, it should get hard around uh, chapter 20 or so. I don't know, man. It got pretty hard around chapter one when Manuela walked on the screen. Zing, ding, ding. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. That's, no. uh, that got me. When you when you got introduced to your class in chapter one, after you chose the the Blue Lions, were they very dysfunctional in your initial cutscene? Were you like, were they all introduced themselves to you standing around in a circle? You mean like glitchy or emotionally dysfunctional? No, no, no. Like dysfunctional. Like they they didn't seem like they were even a group. Like they just. Oh, I see what you mean. Like just like a dysfunctional family almost. Yeah, like a ragtag cavalcade of characters. I got a I got a little player in mind who keeps trying to get in these girls' panties though. That's uh Sylvan or something, yeah. right? Sylvain, yeah. Yeah. Sylvain, yeah. My man. Yeah, Dimitri, when <laughs> when you uh when you actually learn about the characters, Dimitri introduces him as a skirt chaser. <laughs> that's exactly nice. the word he uses, skirt chaser. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, yep. all right, Sylvain, my man, me and Sylvain, we go, <laughs> we go booty hunting down in the dining hall every night. Now, what's crazy and funny is that I chose the male character to play as because, you know, romance and relationships is such a big part of Fire Emblem. I actually like the female character more. I think that I first of all, I like her voice actor more than the guy voice actor for whenever the, the main protagonist does speak, which isn't often, but it is often enough to where you'll hear it. But I, I just think that she looks better as a character than the guy does. And I probably would have chosen her had romance not been an option. But yeah, because she, romance no, is an option. Yeah. I and, the, guy. and the main the dude character looks a lot like Marth to me. Did you catch that? He does. No, no, no he absolutely does. Just like yeah. a slightly taller, longer hair version of Marth. How about the voice actor for Geralt, though? That guy is really good. That guy's that guy's not phoning it in at all. The voice cast in general is very, very strong. And Fire Emblem usually is very strong. But this one is just this one is phenomenal. Sothis leaves something to be desired for me. The voice actor for Sothis doesn't really nail it for me like I wanted her to. But Geralt, man, she is such an interesting character that I cannot wait to find out more on. Definitely. Uh, as soon as the game starts, though, with uh, Saros, you know, the uh, the girl that's in the opening cutscene, yep. uh, same voice actor as Lady Rhea, who is the okay. overall leader of the monastery. That's Jeremy Lee, she's who is one of my favorite. Yeah, basically. But she's one of my favorite voice actors currently doing it. She's the one that plays uh, Makoto in Persona 5. And I absolutely am in love with her voice, like everything that she does, like and I I usually base my romantic options on voice actors. I do. So I usually look up the cast of seeing who's playing who and I go with, OK, I like this person the most. I want to hear them talk the most. That's usually how I dictate where I'm going to go in terms of story and romantic options. Uh, but. I'm not going to go that route with her because I, I think uh, Dorothea just makes more sense. Well, yeah, <laughs> she makes about two more sense. <laughs> we will have a lot more to talk about on Fire Emblem next week, though, because both myself and Kyle will have the entire week now to put time into it. And I really think this might be the only game I play over the next week. Like I am I'm really having so much fun with it. And it's it's seriously the most fleshed out Fire Emblem that I think I've ever played just because there's full exploration. I mean, you can literally go anywhere, walk anywhere. There's a little bit. I don't think this is a perfect game. This is not a 10 out of 10, but it's definitely a nine or above because so far it just in the initial hours. 
The only thing that's holding me back a little bit from saying it's perfect is the weird slowdown when you're exploring for some reason. I don't get why that's there because there's not a whole lot going on on screen. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have. I absolutely have. And there's there's a couple graphical things that I think could probably have been cleaned up a little bit as well. But I'm with you. I think it's probably a nine or or more, but not a ten. Yeah, it's 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 potentially a nine five. And that, that remains to be seen if it actually is as we get later on into the game. But it's definitely at least a nine for right now for me. And that's just initial basic, you know, experience a couple hours into the game. I do want to quickly talk about Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, though, because I did have a chance to rent that over the past week. And family video. Sh- yeah, I was going to say shout out to family video. <laughs> if you have a family video in your area or just a local mom and pop rental store, support them because they only exist with generous, you know, patrons such as yourselves. But what are they? PBS? I thought you were going to rattle off a PBS thing. Generous donors like you. Exactly. <laughs> but no, man, I went down there and I picked this up. I'm glad they had it. And. I don't know how I feel on this, and I think I'm kind of glad that we held off because I don't think that we would have had a lot of enjoyment out of this. That game uh, looks like butter. It it does, man, and that that so that's the first thing you notice is that the graphics definitely. And, and we kind of discussed this a little bit in the uh, the new release section when the game was coming out a few weeks back, but it doesn't look that good. Period. It doesn't look that good. Like the 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 level design is very generic. There's it's all linear. Like it's for the most part, it's all linear. There's not too many. There's like a couple branching paths you can go off on, but they always usually lead to a dead end. It was always that way, though. No, 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 it is. And I'm not complaining about that because that's just always how it's been. And I don't think every game needs to be open world. I think it's a detriment for every game to be open world. I think some games need to be linear to maintain and reel in their creative design or creative aspect that they're going for, but they didn't do much to make the locations interesting. Like the, the very first area you start out playing as the, the guardians of the galaxy. You, you play as those five, technically four Groot and rocket are one character in uh, ultimate Alliance three. They, they rocket rides on his back for the most part, but they, you start out playing as those four and the area is just boring. Like you're exploring the ship and all that there is to do is destroy these boxes to get coins that you use to level up. And then there's just an onslaught of enemies that come at you. And that is my first big complaint with the game is that when the enemies are coming at you like that, it should be like a Warriors game. It should be like Dynasty Warriors, because I think it would be a lot more fun. The fact that the normal enemies and I'm playing on your your basic difficulty, not easy, just the normal standard difficulty the trash enemies are easy or harder to take down than the bosses in the game. And that shouldn't be the case. I was listening to another podcast this past week that kind of expressed the same sentiment that I had on this. And they were talking about how a normal enemy can walk up and pretty much just punch Captain Marvel or yeah, Captain Marvel in the face. And it literally stops her. But then the bosses, she can just wreck. And it doesn't make any sense because your bosses are your standard villains from each like comic series or universe. So why can you take down this big bad guy so easily? But then just a regular person wearing a freaking uniform comes at you with a gun and starts just obliterating you and 
draining your health faster than anything else in the game. Brian, I'll tell you why. It's because they're hungry. They're overachievers. They want to make a mark for themselves. They're in the trying world, to take you know? over. I get it, yeah. but it's unbalanced <laughs> and it's not fun. <laughs> it takes it's you like, out of the experience. You don't feel like you're playing as a superhero. I, I don't. I don't understand these games because they always try to make things more challenging than they are in the stories. You know, superhero like, you games, you, at, you're supposed to be a badass. You're yeah, supposed, you're supposed to be to the strongest them. thing in the world. Mop the floor with them. You know, you can't do it. It's 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 just to make the game challenging and to make it a game. You know, you don't read about that in the comics. Keith from security doesn't get a lick on Captain Marvel. He just doesn't. But he does in the game. But yeah, he does in the a, game. They did a comic about that a couple of years ago. There was a there was a comic. I think it was called like Bob from Hydra or something. And it was about just a Hydra. Girl. <laughs> can you can you back oh, me up man. on that, Frank? Is that true? I, I do remember that. Yeah. Chip Zdarsky, I think, wrote it. Yeah. I mean, but you can't Good old just chip. In a, you know, if the comics were real, so to speak. Hulk would walk through these games and there would be no fun to play whatsoever. I you think have the, to, the bosses should have been harder. The bosses should have been more challenging and the enemy should have fell over like Dynasty Warriors. That would have made it fun and it still would have been believable because Hulk doesn't necessarily walk through every boss that he goes against in the in the comics. I know he has some difficulty from time to time. Oh, yeah, it's human limitations. You know, it's mostly mental. Yeah. So someone like Captain Marvel who could you know just spoiler alert take out a whole ship or a whole like uh that's why i used her as an example that's why i used her as the example because it, it takes it, you it, out it, of it, the it, it, experience it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be no fun if they were at full power all you have to do is you introduce some kind of mcguffin like oh yeah this depower them blah blah blah, blah and then you're good to go i again i get that but i think that should exist for the bosses i think because the bosses are already tried to they they're built like an mmo boss so they they feel very much like World of Warcraft bosses where they have phases and they have different abilities and you have to, you know, learn the encounters, run in, run out. But once you understand the encounters, they're relatively easy and they're not like even as extensive as current Warcraft bosses are. They're relatively straightforward and, and quite simple. And once you know what they're going to do, the, they're straightforward, like I said, and they're easy to go through. But the enemies themselves, because there's so many on screen and because they swarm you. It makes it difficult. And I think, again, had they just balanced it to where they would have fell over like in a Warriors game, you're just slashing through, running through grunts because that's generally what they do in comics. And then when you get to a big villain or like the main bad guy of each section of the story, then you start, Okay, this is where the fun of the game is. And I think that would have been a lot more fun because the game is designed around being a, a multiplayer game. I'm playing single player. The AI is terrible. If I'm not physically controlling a person. I'm struggling and I, I can't control four people at once. So it really was designed to be a multiplayer game. This podcast is a good, a good example of you uh, not being able to control four people at once. Pretty much. Just like yeah, a crazy. You didn't even do anything. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think I do. I, I think I do a fairly good job keeping this in order. And uh, maybe that's just me. I don't know. You know what? That oh, is, yeah, that's, that's actually pretty upsetting. Thing. That's pretty upsetting to hear about because I know that this is a game that my four-year-old would love to play, but it sounds like it would be no, way no. too difficult for him. I think it actually that that I was going to say, I think that you guys would have fun playing it together, potentially with more than just the two of you, but he would struggle. Now, you could probably set it on easy and have a much more easier time. I am. Like I said, I am playing on standard difficulty. So I'm just playing on the normal difficulty. It's probably a lot easier. If you play with, if you play with him, you could help. You know, he could do his thing. You could do your thing. And. Exactly. You've never played with my four-year-old. Sometimes there's no help in that fool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The fun factor just really isn't there for me. And I can see why there are 
a certain amount of people out there praising this game and saying it's a lot of fun. But I think those are the people that are probably playing with three other players constantly. And I just unless you're playing strictly multiplayer with the same group of people running through this game and just doing things, I, I don't think that it's worth the time. My my setup right now for my team, I'm I'm on the Dark Dimension Doctor Strange area, and that's about five levels into the game. To my knowledge, the game's 11 or 12 chapters long, so I'm about halfway through, maybe a little under halfway through. And I I just I'm going to finish it because I want to see the end and I'm I'm going to I'm going to power it out for a a tally for the game challenge for this year plus for the review. But I've been playing as Hulk, Venom, Scarlet Witch and Rocket slash Groot at for oh, your so, so not a real team, not a real team at all. No, no. And that's what that is. What I like about the game is that you can mix and match. You can pretty much as soon as you unlock a character, you can swap them out for somebody else. They have, you know, all of the teams that exist within the comic world and the movie world. Those teams exist in the game to where if you pair up people uh, now they have like, you know, like the ladies of Marvel to where if you use all four girls, you get like special bonuses or it's if you're using, that's how it is. Yeah. And I, but I mean, like, that's that's the way that it's always been. And I like that. But this particular team that I'm using, I'm just using them because I like the characters and I like how they control and play, because as I mentioned, if I'm not controlling a character, they don't do much besides just your generic attacking so I'm constantly swip, uh, sw- like swapping back and forth between all four characters. I like Hulk because he's very much like a Hulk and Venom both are very much powerful characters and they're pretty much like my front line. I'm always trying to keep them in the front. Scarlet Witch has been the strongest character, in my opinion, in terms of her ability to control the elements and, and attack from afar with magic. I thought it's been awesome. And then Rocket and Groot just have some amazing animations and seeing Rocket literally just continuously fire his cannon from the back of Groot has been a joy for me. Uh, I I think I had the most fun with the actual Guardians of the Galaxy as the main four, but I didn't want to leave it that way for the entire game because it's how it started out. Is there like a character in the game that just is completely unexpected like that you can play as like like say Lockjaw's in the game like you're running around as a big dog or something. I I, I don't think he is, but like Lockjaw is in the game. Lockjaw's in the game? Lockjaw is He's how you teleport between levels, I'm assuming, right? Correct. Lockjaw is the uh, the only way that you can actually teleport. He's the one. He's the, he's the catalyst to the entire game. He exists in the game, not to allow you to like transport around and, and bring in different characters and all that kind of stuff. That's how you can do that in terms of lore. <laughs> Good old Lockjaw, just making things happen. Yeah, but there are unexpected characters as well, like characters that I didn't expect to be playable that are. So I, I've had I've that has been fun, like seeing which characters are there, checking them out, seeing their abilities and trying to get a feel for the characters. Everything else has been kind of a miss for me. So I, I'm glad that we didn't all. Pick are this doing, up. Are, do we know if they're doing DLC? They are doing DLC. I think the first one comes out later this year. So I heard Ant-Man isn't in the game. That's just weird that he's not in this game. As of yet, Ant-Man is not in the game. Yeah, that is true. Yep. Man, you got to get them pin particles, son. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only way to play. But yeah, I probably won't talk about this game anymore just because uh, I, I I actually don't know that I'll finish it this week because I'm so invested in Fire Emblem. Uh, but actually, you know what? I will because I rented it and I have to take it back. So yep. uh, I not think paying it's that again. No, no, no. Not paying another six dollars to keep it for another five days. But I think that uh, I think it's due back on Tuesday. So I'll probably take it back Tuesday. Obviously, Wait, you're telling me family videos only six bucks for five days on a brand new release. 
Yep. So I use it. That's one heck of a business model. So I use it, man. It's a it's a great. Oh, I love family video. Whenever you talk about them, I just get happy inside. I don't even know family (laughs) video. I live across the country. It makes me happy. You get some pizza and you're good to go. They don't sell pizza there, but some of them do. Some of them have like a Marco's pizza or something like that inside. But yeah, they don't. They don't. This one, this particular one, is just a family. There's a Chinese shop attached to it, but it's not like in the actual same. Uh, oh, some steamed dumplings and some video games. Dude, like the, yeah. the, 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 chi- the Chinese food. It's it's I think it's I don't know exactly. I think it's like China Walk or something. It's like the most generic name ever. But their food is so good. <laughs> That's because they don't play. Chinese restaurants are the best. They can be named whatever they want, and everyone is still like, I don't care. The food's good. Doesn't matter. Yeah, man. Give me, give me, give me some of that orange chicken, General South's chicken. Mm. You know, so you good. know what a sleeper, a, a dark horse sleeper for Chinese food is for me is um like uh like beef and broccoli or like something like that. Dude, I make beef and broccoli with vegetarian beef all the time at home. It's what's so that's vegetarian? not beef and broccoli. What's, what's vegetarian beef? What? What 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 what, what the hell vegetarian beef? <laughs> <laughs> It's cows who willfully gave their lives to me. No, I'm, it's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's some sort of it's cows uh, that got massaged. Yeah, some sort of some sort of uh, you know soy byproduct. I don't know Monsanto. You know, it's, GMO. It's, it's no. tofu painted to look like meat. Pretty much, it's not bad though. <laughs> you know, some of that sounds pretty good. Uh, last week I talked about Dragon Quest Builders too. This week I kind of want to hear about Kyle and Sean. You guys have been doing a lot in Minecraft recently. So now that Sean, you're on the show, and I, I kind of had this penciled in for last week as well, just because I thought it would have been fun to like compare and contrast, but someone wasn't able to make the show. So we kicked it off for this week and it's the triple M this week. Every game that we're talking about starts with an M and I kind of like that, but it's the house of M, the house of M. Talk to me about Minecraft. What? Why the hell have you guys been playing it so much lately? Well, yeah, Kyle, why have we? <laughs> you know, that's a damn good question. Yeah, like I, said, I said this a couple of weeks ago. Minecraft's been having a little bit of a renaissance lately in terms of popularity. A lot of people have been really get, getting back into it. A lot of streamers have been getting back into it. And it's been ranking pretty high if you browse on Twitch. It, it's usually in the top two rows. Right now, I don't think it is. I just looked, but... Uh, it's it's been ranking pretty high again, which is not it's not been that way for a while. There's been a lot of competition surrounding it. There's been a lot of press surrounding it about who's been playing it and stuff. And a lot of people are kind of getting back into it. I know a lot of people personally who have gotten back into it as well. And really, the reason we got into it was one of our buddies is sitting here waiting for WoW Classic has literally nothing to do with his life. And he's like, I heard Minecraft is fun. Never played it before. Downloaded it, started a server. And here we are. But it's been so long since we've played it, and so much has happened in terms of updates and patches. And it's a brand new game, dude. It really is. It feels like Minecraft 2 since the last time I've played it. That game has it holds up tremendously well because it doesn't have any sort of time based standard to it. You know, the, 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 the graphics are meant to look the way they are. That was a design choice. And because of that, it's not really competing with games that have super nice, you know, like high polygon graphics. This game is is not a direct competition to those games, and so you're not comparing it to them. So it still looks nice. It still holds up well. The music is still as beautiful as ever. But we started that is a, true. Yeah, we started a survival server, and we just uh, went to town and literally, literally made a town. And we'll have made two towns now by this point, haven't we, Sean? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The first town was Boo Boo, right? And then we moved on to this new town, and I, and I'm really digging it, but... The best part about Minecraft for me is just that like 
you have a group of friends who already have synergy and, and you guys already enjoy and, and love certain special things about each other. So you have inside jokes. Uh, you there do different so many stupid things. things. I you think it's funny. You, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you. And so my favorite thing in Minecraft is when you're in Discord with your friends and you hear your friend doing something stupid and you're like, I got to go see what this idiot's doing. And you hear like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. And you go in like his house and he's like teabagging a, a workbench or something. He's like, oh, yeah. And then you walk in, he turns around and looks at you and goes, oh, hey, uh, let's not talk about this. Like it's some stupid things. You just have fun in Minecraft. There's no point to just going in there and like treating it like a job. You got to go in and be silly or have fun or just explore things with each other and be just dumb and stupid. And that's what makes it really fun for me is playing on a server with people. If I played Minecraft by myself, I'd probably be bored after a while because I use it as more of like a chill game. And if I'm like, you know, just wanting to zonk zonk out and do whatever, I'll go and like mine some stuff. And it's kind of fun because the music's peaceful and, and all that jazz. But yeah, I watched I watched a movie while we were playing the other day. Yeah, you know, it's it's super chill. But being on a server with your friends, it's kind of fun to come back and see what they've done. Like. You never know if you log in and there's a big donger or something that someone built. And it's just kind of like funny to have those types of things. Um, Survival mode gives you a lot of things to work towards. And so there's a lot of like, I don't want to say pride, but like, hey, you know, look at my place. I built this cool compound or whatever. And then, you know, the guy who barely plays has like a dirt hut. And he's like, well, that's that's cool. You know, so there's actually (laughs) like there's a little bit of fun to like kind of showing off what you can do and all that. If you play on a creative server, it, it loses its flavor after like a week, you know, cause you're like, Oh, Hey, cool. I built a, a giant triforce and you know, there's my, there's my pixel art link and I'm done. And I don't know. I, I feel like Minecraft for some people like Brian, Brian's a great example. He just doesn't like the game because there's no narrative. There's no reason for him to be there doing what he's doing. He's got to have That's something hundred percent. Correct. You got to have a task, right? You got to have a goal. And for me, the goal is just do whatever the F I want. You know, if I if I walk into Minecraft and I'm like, hey, you know what? There's this valley right here. A bunch of us are going to build cool houses in it. We're going to go down into the mines and be stupid and, and kill things together. That's good enough for me. I realize that that's not good enough for some people, depending on who they play with or what their situation is. I don't know. That's what I get out of it. I'm sure... I'm sure you guys get something different. The possibilities are endless. And even in terms of how you play the game, you know, if you want to make a farm or you want to make, you know, some sort of big automated machine, the more you know about like Redstone, you could really get into things like that and really make some impressive machines. I was watching a dude that made an elevator using a really interesting way that he was, you know, functioning with the Redstone. So there's... I watched a dude make a walking house, like Dr. Loveless stuff out of Wild Wild West. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you mean like the, the like legs with guns from Borderlands like, or, gun, like or guns he, with legs? Right? Legs with guns, exactly, dude. That's, had, that's something uh, I would that's, say. Well, no, that, what movie was that? With the chick had 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 guns for legs? Oh, wasn't it was a Quentin Tarantino movie? It was right? a Tarantino Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was that yeah, one yeah, that yeah. had four four short movies in one big movie, right? I think it was only two. It was Planet Terror and Death sure. Proof. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Those were good. I love. I knew, I knew Frank would come through on that. <laughs> Way to boy, way to be in the back, you know, just handling it. Anyways, that's Minecraft. But, you know, yeah, that's Minecraft. It, 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 what's funny is like the stupid crap that your friends do for me. Like 
I logged in the other day. We got a guy named Razor. We'll call him Razor. We don't we won't say his name on the podcast. Razor is like, hey man, uh, why don't you come check this out? And so you hop on this random like train track that he built and you ride out to the middle of nowhere and there's a pyramid built out of stone. And he's like, check out my pyramid. <laughs> you built like, in the pyramid? What what would it what would it you know prompt you to just build this random pyramid out in the middle of nowhere? He's like, why don't you come inside and see what's up? So we go in there and there's this big effing hole all the way down to like the center of the earth. And he's like, this is my mind. <laughs> I'm like, can you just like, you know, dig a hole? Like, why do you got to build this pyramid and all this crap? But it's stupid things like that. Like that's that's the enjoyment factor for me is just like your friends do something dumb. You experience it together. It's all in one place. You come and go as you please. It's kind of like Warcraft a little bit. Like you log on, whoever's on, you play with them. They're not on. You got something you can do. You know, you go Minecraft, you go freaking get materials, you go explore. And But there um, is a there is a overall story to Warcraft and a reason to why you're doing the things that you're doing, which is why I I enjoy it. If, my, if Minecraft, like I said, if they had just even loosely tied together, like loose strings that piece things together, if there was some semblance of story there, I probably would enjoy it because I really, really, really do like Dragon Quest Builders and more realistically Dragon Quest Builders, too, because I think it's just a fantastic iteration of the series and leaps and bounds better than the the first game. But just the the fact that there's something there that is guiding my character to have a purpose is why I enjoy it so much. It's like a metaphor for life. Yeah. It, <laughs> Minecraft is a game. It, it's a pleasant stumble is how I look at it. Like you, the, the entire point of the game is to discover things like, oh man, I didn't know I could make this out of this material or, oh, holy crap. I didn't realize that this actually did this or, you know, and it's to me, I like that. I enjoy not being spoon fed where to go next and what to do next. And if we're going to get off on a tangent about, wow, I think that's what killed the game for me was it was overly spoon fed. Like you didn't even have to read the quest dialogue anymore. Completely agree. You know? it, it, to me, Minecraft, yes, is the polar opposite of that. I realize Minecraft is the Fox News to like the CNBC of the world, but it does give me some joy in discovering things that I didn't know existed. What's Avenger think about Minecraft? Avenger, yeah, yeah. Avenger is not a huge fan, but he's intrigued. That's why he spoke up. Oh, good. good. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm just happy. Hey, got here. you, got you. How's that little boy doing? I was actually, I know, I was he actually just, just an aside. I was reading the the thing that you had posted about the voice actor being replaced for Fire Emblem. So. Yep, sexual sexual <laughs> nice. allegations, sexual charge allegations, the sexual assault charges, or whatever. So they're replacing the male protagonist voice. Yeah, and I thought, uh, I thought you were gonna say sexual chocolate, and I was like, Mark Henry. What's, no, what's that's, crazy? That's me. What's crazy <laughs> is that they already replaced once the female voice actor for Byleth. Um, wow. In the uh, in the actual like introduction trailer when Fire Emblem Three Houses was first revealed, the the female voice cast was uh, Christina V, who is another one of my favorite female voice actors. But for some reason, they decided to go a different route and they completely recasted her. Not not for any allegations like this or any negative stuff. They just went a different route with the voice. So they they recasted her. But the guy's always been the same. Now they're recasting. Uh, his name's Christopher Nyusi. He's being recast because of some some strong allegations and it. it's crazy. So curious to see what they decide to do. So the game might uh, change a bit here over the next few weeks as we play through it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Crazy. crazy. I, I've looked at getting that game. I really did look hard at it. And I just realized that I wasn't a huge fan of the tactics combat in the game. Love it. Is there more to it than that? Or 
It, no, no, it's 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 a tactics game. That's I mean that's Fire Emblem always been has been. So right. It's uh, but it's it's very intricate. It's very deep and it's very fun. Like it's it's on the same level of. Did you enjoy Final Fantasy Tactics or no? Well, it's been so long. I mean, I I enjoyed it for what it was back then, but I never played through the entire game. I didn't I didn't like you know I wasn't hooked on it. Okay, but okay, you might I you hate, might like. I it. hate every game like that. It's unbelievable. Like, it's, you know, everybody likes their own different thing. It sounds like the absolute worst game in the world to me. Here's here's a good example. XCOM. Like everyone is bonkers about XCOM, and I was always like, nah, not a big fan. You know, I, I feel bad Mario about and that. Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. I was going to nope. say XCOM and Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle is fantastic. I, I enjoy both those. I, I Mario Rabbit's was a great game. Yeah, and, and Frank liked that game, too, so I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I don't like tactics games. I mean, it's what took me out of playing uh, freaking Brutal Legend for a while. Brutal I didn't Legend know Brutal was, Legend was a tactics game. I was going to say, Brutal game. Legend isn't a tactics Brutal game. Brutal Legend was like every sort of game, though. I guess that's true. It was oh, a, like an amalgamation. All, all the boss level, levels were tactics. Yeah, I guess it was like an amalgamation of everything. Uh, the last game I want to talk about, though, before we move on to uh, the rest of our segments, I want to briefly talk about Madden NFL 20 because Ooh. the game actually came out through EA Origin Premiere this past Wednesday on the 24th. And I signed up earlier in the month to play Sea of Solitude. But the reason I had waited a week and or so and after it came out, if you remember, is because I wanted to have enough time to really dedicate to Madden because it officially launches this Friday. But it came out 10 days early through this. So, you know, for a review period, because we weren't able to get a copy, you know, I had a feeling we wouldn't because it's EA. So I wanted to make sure that I had enough time to get a review done either by launch or shortly thereafter. So I signed up for Premiere. It's, you know, 15 bucks and that was worth it to me. But I've been having a lot of fun with Madden and I always do have fun with Madden. And I'll tell you why. Uh, You know, I, I enjoy watching football more so college than the NFL, but I do like watching the NFL as well. It's probably because it's like, the first time you've ever seen the Browns win. Uh, and, and, that, and that's <laughs> potentially true. But I think that'll Dang. also be I think that'll also be true starting uh, next month when they you actually they start playing the preseason. They got, they got a team this year. They got a team. They have a they have a very good team. And that's evident in Madden NFL 20 because I play on simulation to where stats matter. And I always play on uh, not pro and not all Madden, but the one that's like in between those two. I can never remember exactly what it's called, like intermediate or something like that. Right before all Madden to where all Madden is just crazy hard. But I play on that difficulty and I always usually take the Browns as my first team for the franchise for the first time ever. I'm not having to like bust my ass to potentially win a game. I have not won every game in my franchise. I think I'm like four and two or some. I you know, no five and two right now is my because I'm I'm on the seventh week and it's uh no, I'm on the eighth week. So I'm five and two right now. And it's been a challenge. But again, I'm winning. And usually at this point, I'm like, you know, two and five or two and four or something like that. Like, I, mean, I, I don't do well and I never like restart games. I always go because then once the first year of franchise, I always chalk it up as, hey, it's the Browns. It's how they are in the actual real world. But then I start getting, you know, better draft picks and I start trading for characters and utilizing and taking advantage of the system of the game to get better players. And that's when I just start going off to to fantasy land because that's what makes it fun for me. But I always usually keep my first season as true to life to see how I could do with the actual team that exists in in the real world. But I'm having fun with it. And I think a big reason why I'm having so much fun with it is because of some of the changes that they made. And the first one that I want to kind of quickly talk about is called the X Factor. And they did this new thing now where there's I want to say it's 100 guys in the game. So 100 different players. 
These are your X Factor players. Each team has a certain amount of X Factor players. And they are like your best players in the league for the most part. So the Browns have are they're tied with the most amount of X Factor players in the game. It's the Browns and I forget the other team. They each have five. Probably, probably the Jets. It's not the Jets. The Jets have one in the game. I checked. <laughs> uh, no, no. So then it's it's Le'Veon Bell and somebody else. The Jets have two. Um, so so for Browns, is it Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry? It's not Kareem Hunt. It's Nick Chubb. So hey, Nick Chubb is no one to mess with, dude. That guy, that guy's a freaking beast. I, you, ha- I you have you have two you have two layers of X Factor. You have your superstars, which is on the Browns. It's Odell Beckham Jr. and oh, who's the other one? Uh, 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 Miles Garrett. Those two are your like your superstars. To where when you that's like your that those are your actual X factors. Each game you have to do certain things to raise up their X factor stat. So Odell Beckham Jr. Every game, he's got to catch at least three 20 plus yard catches. Once he does that, you could as long as you throw the ball toward him once every three passes, he maintains his X factor status to where he can break tackles easily. He runs faster. He can catch the ball easier. So it, it totally changes the dynamic of the game once you catch those first three 20 plus yard passes. So it brings a little bit of a, dynam- a dynamic to it. Miles Garrett, you have to sack the quarterback twice. Once you sack the quarterback twice, he can break through the line easy. He can almost always stop a play. It's like and the second that the offense goes 10 plus yards, Miles Garrett loses it and you have to regain it. If you don't throw a pass to Odell Beckham for three play three plays, he loses it and you have to regain it. It changes that dynamic and it, it makes things challenging and fun. Your other stars, they they perform better, they play better, but there's nothing that makes them become like a game changer in like the third or fourth quarter once you've done things to where you can potentially change the game around. Um, That sounds fun. It is fun. Uh, So you have those two on the Browns. Again, those are your superstars. The other three, it's Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield. So those are your. Where did they get off not putting Kareem Hunt? Uh, Nick Chubb, I think, just had better stats, so they they went with that. Not, uh, I, dude, Cream Hunt was the third most productive running back of 2018. I think Nick Chubb's gonna start this year, though. I really oh, do. Oh, that hurts my soul. That's later. This is this is what's wrong with the Browns, dude. Anyways, talk about the game. I'm just I'm just mad. About it. Well, isn't Hunt still like? Isn't he serving some type of suspension or something? I think so, man. He's, oh, he messed he up. Might have, he might have an eight game suspension. You might be right about that. He he messed up to some freaking hotel or something out here. So yeah, just uh, I don't know. It, he he screwed up. That's all I know. So <laughs> I mean, we don't. We're not gonna pass judgment on the guy. We no, no, absolutely, absolutely not. It's yeah, just, no, no. He's, he's it's a up. reality of the game. He's not gonna be able to be on the field for eight games. That's a serious thing, you know. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's got choices, kids. He's got great stats in the game, and anytime that you know he's put in, when you know we know whenever they do the substitutions and stuff and run different plays. He's really good and he can power off the line and he can break tackle super easily. He's fun to play as. But yeah, man, Nick Chubb way faster in the game. So he's he's definitely the the way to go in terms of playing the game. I don't know about real life, but I, I'm a fan of Nick Chubb. I thought he was great at the University of Georgia and he's probably going to be great here in the Browns. So we'll see. But there's some weird glitches, man. Like, I don't know, like some things they stay on screen and they're not supposed to. 
like you'll get certain notifications that pop up and they're supposed to go away after a set amount of time and they just stay there to where they're like in the middle of the screen. It'll be like a, something talking to you about picking a play, it'll say, you know, defense, pick a play. And then you pick your play and then you go into the field and it's still there. It doesn't go away. And sometimes it doesn't go away till you shut the game down and restart it. And I'm playing on PC, obviously, through Origin Premiere. But it, it's it's things like that. Uh, the. Sometimes the camera angles that'll go through a player or get stuck inside of a player to where you're watching things happen, like in the end zone after a touchdown, like you're watching the celebrations or you're watching things and you're like you could see like an eyeball on the side of the screen or like a nose. Like it's just like you're, you're in somebody's head. Like, you know, the, if you think the traditional glitch from, say, like Assassin's Creed Syndicate, where you would uh, yeah. move the camera around and you would see like a hollowed out head. It's things like that that exist here to where I was like, what the hell are you guys doing? I'm hoping this is just because the build that's on Origin Premiere, I'm hoping maybe it's like an early build or not the actual final build that's going to come out this Friday. So I'm hoping that that'll be fixed. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But the UI is a bit stylish, which is kind of nice. It reminds me a lot of if Atlas had made a Madden game because Uh. it's it's sort of like that feel to how Persona 5 just kind of blew open the waters in terms of their menu system and just how slick and sleek and crazy stylish it was. The Madden menu system and the UI system for the first time now is, is, is very stylish like that as well. So it's, it's been fun. Uh, soundtrack still sucks. It's all rap. I turned it off and that's why I like Madden because I'm able to mute the entire game. I literally go into that. The, the first time I load it up, I see what songs are on the soundtrack. I was like, yeah, this still blows. And then I turn the master volume down to zero. And Madden is my podcast game. Madden is my game where if I want to listen to a new episode of the Super Mercado Brothers or the Jimquisition or Sacred Symbols, I load up Madden. I play a game and I listen to a podcast like that is the game that I play when I want to listen to podcasts. And that's what I get out of it. And that's why I enjoy it. Nice. I, you know, I couldn't agree more, man. Every Madden game has that ability, no matter what they do to it. You know, yep. the announcers, I don't play the game for the announcers. I don't play the game for the pop of the crowd. Me neither. I just play the game to to score some goals and, you know, put some chumps in the on the ground and call it a day. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I actually want to play it now that I heard you talk about it. I probably won't get it. But the fact that, you know, there's new features in there that you're excited about is impressive because I know you always check out every Madden, whether or yeah, not you rent it or whatever. Is a, the X Factor thing is a major thing. Like it is a yeah. it is a game changing feature and it's it's been fun to mess around with. Nice. Before we get to the game challenge update, it's time for this week's preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. We'll be taking a listen to Rising Sun from Final Fantasy Adventure, composed by Kenji Ito, as this week myself and Frank prepared another eclectic mix for Radio Hour Volume 25. Enjoy.
Don't forget to catch this week's episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast this Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern on your favorite podcast app of choice. All right, Frank, let's update the game challenge for this week. Did you finish anything? No, I've been putting way too much time into Bloodstained, but I haven't finished it. Okay, so you're still playing through Bloodstained yet to finish it. Uh, You should probably have that done next week then. So that'll at least be something there. it'll, It'll definitely be done. I just I've been making my own little side quests. Sure, sure. Um, You should be at 30 games. That leaves you still at 29. So you'll have uh, to try to finish two games this week to stay up to speed to where you should be. I myself finished one game and I actually finished it in preparation for the show this week. Uh, I finally got around to finishing The Messenger. Oh, nice. And and that's not just the DLC because the DLC doesn't count in terms of finishing for a game. But if you remember, Frank, both you and I, I don't I don't think you finished it either. No, I'm close. We were both in the music note collection stage of The Messenger. And I stopped playing with three music notes collected. I don't know exactly where you were at, but yeah, because I thought we were going to be talking about the DLC this week. I finally got around to finishing the messenger and playing through the DLC. And let me tell you, some of the hardest stuff in the base game exists when you're trying to collect those last two music notes. (laughs) (laughs) It is so much fun, though. And then the DLC is absolutely crazy. I can't wait to talk about that. But that takes me to 61 games for the year so far for 2019. I should be at 60, so I'm one ahead. So hanging in there, hanging in there. But let us now take a dive into the weekly wrap up. We have a hefty weekly wrap up this week, and we're going to quickly move through some stuff just because we're short on time a little bit uh, for the most part. I was a little late today getting to the show, but we're a little short on time. So let's just go through these. Super Mario Maker 2 course designers got a welcome bit of news from Nintendo. The course upload limit has been doubled to 64 and apparently it's going up again later. That's exciting news. And Kyle, that was one of your biggest complaints in the uh, review. So sure was. And, I think um, that this is a welcome change. Yes, it definitely is. And anybody who's been playing Mario Maker religiously since it came out, I think welcomes this. Yeah, I actually just played recently another level uploaded by uh the designer of Celeste, he put up a new level the other day, like I think three days ago. So I, I checked that out. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you can upload 64 courses now. And I think it's going to double to 128 after that. I think they're just they're just constantly up, uh, you know, upping the limit to allow more people to do courses. And that's really, really cool. Announced at QuakeCon this past week, Bethesda Softworks and developer id Software have released Doom from 1993, Doom 2, the classic version, and Doom 3 digitally for PS4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One, and Doom and Doom 2 for iOS and Android devices. Doom and Doom 2 cost $4.99 each, while Doom 3 costs $9.99. That's pretty cool. So they put out some classic Doom stuff before uh, Doom Eternal comes out later this year. Frank, are you going to pick these played, up at all or no? I've never played two or three. I've only played one. Oh, I have all these on the PC, actually. Okay, so you probably have no. And I just thought maybe you'd pick them up for Switch, but I wasn't sure. Uh, Kyle, any interest in these then since you never played Doom 2 or Doom 3? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, we'll have to see. I don't know. Honestly, maybe I'm going to skip Doom 3. Doom 2 is good enough. I was going to say Doom 2 is really fun. Doom 2 is definitely really fun. So check it out. Overwatch is adding its 31st playable hero soon, known as Sigma. Sigma is an eccentric astrophysicist that is trying to unlock the secrets of the universe. Uh, Kyle, did you get a chance to check this out? And are you excited for this character? Because I know you have some I don't experience know if with Overwatch. Excited for him. I, I'm excited anytime they release a new character because they always do it right. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Kaplan's got his head on his shoulders and this one looks pretty fun. I mean, he's a he's a DPS tank. And, uh, and he doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> and he doesn't wear shoes. The, tra- the trailer was actually pretty cool. 
The trailers are always good, man. The trailer was pretty like spooky, right? <laughs> like that wasn't just me. Like he's like no, tripping it's, I think out, it's, like it's having like a mental be. breakdown. It's meant to be. Yeah, I think it's meant yeah. to be a bit like unsettling, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, the big I'm thing I've seen is it. that everyone's freaking out. He doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> Neither did Rusev for a while. True. He does wear boots now, doesn't he? Yeah. After he, after he broke his toe, I think that one time. So he started wearing boots after that. The PlayStation 4 version of Black Desert will be in beta testing from August 9th at 12 a.m. Pacific time, 3 a.m. Eastern to August 13th at the same time. In preparation for its full release on August 22nd, developer Pearl Abyss announced the beta will be available to play without a PlayStation Plus subscription and all participants that sign up will receive an exclusive Skyhawk pet at launch, allowing players to loot items, increase knowledge, gain chance and find rare monsters. Anyone that's interested can sign up over at console.playblackdesert.com. Control has gone gold. Remedy Entertainment Director Mikkel Kasserinen, I think is how you say that last name, Kasserinen, has announced. That means development is complete and the game is ready for mass production. In a tweet, Kasserinen said it is done. New IP, new tech, new game structure, new direction, three platforms and three years. What an achievement from the best dev team on the planet. Kudos to the kudos for the amazing production team led by Juha Vainio. They and other heroes prepped the game ready for release in time for all three target platforms. And that is a big deal for them because till now, Remedy has been a, a one platform type of studio. Alan Wake was Xbox 360. Uh, Quantum Break was what is it? Xbox One. The original Max Payne that they developed was only released initially on PS2. So they've always when they first started developing a game it was always just one platform. Now, this is the first game that's actually multi-plat coming to PC, coming to PS4, coming to Xbox One on August 27th. And that's a big deal. And I actually just read recently that they're in talks with Sony trying to get them to help fund Alan Wake 2. So that, nice. that could still potentially be a thing. They, they definitely want to make it and they want to partner with Sony for it is what I read. So we'll have to see. Pokemon Masters will launch for iOS via the App Store and Android via Google Play on August 29th as a free-to-start game with in-app purchases, according to its App Store page. Pre-registration is available now via each store. A strategy and battle game where players form team of sync pairs, the combination of a trainer and their partner Pokemon. Pokemon Masters pits players against AI opponents in three-on-three real-time battles. It is set on the island of Pasio, where trainers and their partner Pokemon gather to compete. Is anyone playing this? Frank, Kyle, Sean? I'm not playing it. So. I might check it out. I don't know. I mean, it depends. I'll I'll check it out. I'll probably not like it and never play it again. I've heard some. I mean, from those that have initial experience with it, that it's definitely not your Pokemon Go type of stuff. Like it's it probably won't be as widespread or appealing as that one. And apparently, the microtransactions are going to be quite hefty in this one. So that's why free to start just means intro level then you start paying so yeah yep yeah it, from what i understand it's going to be quite hefty life simulation and monster collection rpg re-legend will launch for pc via steam early access on august 30th for 1999 publisher so 505 games for this game it looks great uh developed by magnus games the steam early access release will allow players to access the game during its final phase of development and offer the player community an opportunity to help the development team define the final content the game world will expand during the early access phase with additional biomes this game does look really good but kyle tell me why you're excited i mean life simulation monster collection i mean i've been watching this game for a long time this game i feel like it has been on kickstarter for for freaking ever it's been a while <laughs> yeah and uh i'm excited that it's finally starting to see some light of day and it's not vaporware so yeah like i said i'll play it it looks really good it looks really really good 
Another game that I'm actually excited for here, Citadel Forged with Fire, will launch both physically and digitally for PS4 and Xbox One and for PC via Steam on October 11th. Worldwide distributor Solutions to Go and developer Blue Isle Games announced. The online sandbox RPG is currently available for PC via Steam Early Access, where it first launched in July 2017. The early access version has released nearly 100 patches and updates, tons of new content drops, and some pretty huge expansions since its initial release. I've yet to play this, but I've been keeping an eye on it. And I've seen a lot of things on it, and it seems like a pretty fun uh, online sandbox RPG. I want to check it out. I want to definitely check this one out. I'm always looking for more MMO type experiences. And while I wouldn't say this is like a traditional MMO, there's a lot of things going for it and it looks like just a lot of fun. So I probably will check this out later this year, but I can't guarantee it. Publisher Punk Notion and developer Cubish Games have announced Weakless, an artistic 3D puzzle adventure game coming to PC and at least one, con one console, and that's in quotes, at least one console, with a Steam release due out first this fall. They say friendship comes about when two people complement each other. In Weakless, this is not just a mere observation about interactions. It's a very palpable thing. Lead two characters, one without the sense of hearing, the other with no sense of vision, through a beautiful organic fantasy world filled with challenging puzzles. Use the extraordinary set of skills they've developed because of their disabilities and witness the growing bond between these two very remarking, remarkable companions. I'm in. We're playing, Brian. I'm in. I'm I'm in. I'm hoping it's uh, it's co-op. It sounds co-op. I'm hoping it's co-op, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely in. Uh, you tell me that there's characters with disabilities. There's probably an emotional aspect to this. I'm I'm sold. I'm in. And uh, Kyle, you'd probably like this one, too. It sounds like definitely 100%. <laughs> like the same type of stuff. Yeah, you'd probably like this one, too. But I'm I'm so hoping it's co-op. I didn't look into it much to see if it was. I just I want it to be so bad. Publisher Microids and developer Pendula Studios. And I think it's. Ease. I'm going to say Ease Interactive just because of the game Ease, but it could it's, be. It's, it's YS Interactive. Is it YS Interactive? I wasn't sure yeah. if they pronounced it Ease or YS. So, well, YS Interactive. They have delayed Black Sad under the skin from its previously planned September 26th release date to November 5th. According to Microids, the team will use this extra time to polish the game with only one goal in mind to deliver the best possible experience to our players. That sucks. It does suck, but. Well, I trust you. I, I, I like that you're doing it. that, but I just. I planned on playing this before I played all my fun November games. September September is yeah. so stacked that I will take multiple delays out of September. If they can move a couple more games out of September, I'd be happy. <laughs> Get them out of there because the end of this, the end of August, man, like there's literally I, I was talking to Kyle the other day. There's like 10 games coming out between October 27th and October 30th that we have plans to try to review for LebanonGames.com. Uh, I'm I'm going to be so busy doing those at the end of August that bleeding into September, September needs to have some delays. <laughs> I'm OK with this. <laughs> I'm OK with this. Speaking of delays, Piranha Games has delayed MechWarrior 5. Not something I would have played, though. MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries from its previously planned September 10th release date to December 10th and announced that it will launch via the Epic Game Store as a year long timed exclusive. A closed beta is also planned for November. Users who have already pre-ordered the game from its official website may cancel their pre-order and receive a full refund by September 1st. All users who cancel their pre-orders will be able to keep the MechWarrior online content from the standard collector and ultimate editions, but will lose access to the closed beta in November and exclusive MechWarrior 5 downloadable content items. Uh, that's something that we're going to see often now because of Epic Games Store doing their timed exclusive. Same, the same thing happened with Shenmue 3. They had to, you know, anyone that pre-ordered it and wanted it on Steam when it was going to come out on PC, they had to refund because it's exclusive to Epic Games Store for a while. So uh, it's going to be something that we keep seeing. 
England-based developer Cuckoo Squeaky has announced Tears of Avia, a <laughs> Japanese RPG-inspired turn-based strategy RPG coming to Xbox One and PC via Steam in Q4 2019. I don't know much about this one. I'll keep an eye on it, but I love the name of that team. Cuckoo Squeaky. That's awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> Publisher 2 Awesome Studio and developer Boxfrog Games have announced Lost Wing for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC via Steam. It will launch in 2019 with a closed beta available shortly after Gamescom 2019 in August. Storm your way through brutally challenging environments and destroy the bosses for a chance to top the leaderboards. Featuring, featuring an electronic soundtrack, multiple ships and weapons, and ultra-fast gameplay, Lost Wing is all action. It's kind of like a, a racing wipeout F-Zero type thing. So I'll check it out. It seems cool. I like the uh, electronic soundtrack that they mentioned. I can't wait to check that out. Capcom Taiwan has announced Mega Man X Dive, a new action RPG coming to iOS and Android devices as a free to play title. Deep Log, the digital world where the Mega Man X series games were stored. Also, the memory of you as a player. The Deep Log appears to be abnormal for unknown reasons. All stages, Mavericks, and all the characters from the Mega Man X series are mixed up because of game errors. Come, players, get into the Deep Log. Defeat the Mavericks and get the game data repaired. Frank, nice. as probably the biggest Mega Man fan on the show, are you going to play this? Absolutely. Although, I, I, I always I always thought Deep Log was that turd that really took forever to come out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a deep log this morning. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't know those are deep logs. I mean, deeply, you know, do they do they go down far? I mean, usually they can't, you know, it'll get clogged if that's the case. Those are the ones that after you poop, you look in there like it's not even in the toilet anymore. Like it already made its way down the drain. <laughs> get that crap out of here. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a feeling you'd be excited for this, though. Like the return of the Mega Man X series. It's mobile. Kind of sucks because it's a mobile game, but if done right, they can still make a great mobile game. I'm down. I have full faith in Capcom. I feel like Capcom is the only company that could make a good mobile game because Mega Man is legit just a D-pad and two buttons, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you really get to the bottom of it, it, if you change abilities, fine. But I don't know, man. That seems like it would be great on mobile. Yeah. Unless you got big old fat thumbs. Fat yeah, thumbs. Fat thumbs. Yeah, yeah which... It's not just your thumbs, Frank. Oh, how? Well, we're not going to talk about my penis on the show, okay? <laughs> yes, he did. Perfect. Hold Perfect. on. Hold on. Romeo, the studio best. behind Pato Box, has announced Greek Memories oh, of Asher, a side-scrolling single-player adventure <laughs> game for unannounced platforms. It will launch in 2020. Greek Memories of Azure is a side-scrolling single-player game with traditional hand-drawn animation. In this adventure, the player will take the role of three siblings, Greek, Adara, and Radel, whom you will need to guide through the lands of Azure. You will be able to alternate control between them at any moment and use their unique abilities to escape from the Erlog invasion. This sounds really cool. I can't wait to check it's, this out. All it is is Greek Ultimate Alliance. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but it's the team behind Pato Box, which, uh, Kyle, you actually were just talking about in the show a few weeks back because during the uh, Steam Summer Sale segment, that's that like black and white uh, punch out inspired boxing game. No, I was talking about Gato Roboto. Oh, what's that? Pato Box is what I'm thinking of, isn't it? Is that that's the I think it is. Maybe I'm thinking of the different game. I'm looking it up. I don't know. I don't know Pato Box. No, Pat Pato Box is what I'm thinking of. I guess I was confused thinking that you were also talking about Pato Box. Oh, it literally is Pato, because Pato is Spanish for duck, and the, it's a duck. Do you, uh, okay, so Frank, you remember what I'm talking about then. It's the, it's the, it's the black and white uh, Punch-Out! inspired boxing game. Pito yes. Box. I, I liked that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Pito Box. Oh, so, so, I know so, it well. so, so, so it's Pato Box. 
Yeah, I liked the aspect of that game. I thought it looked cool. I thought it looked fun and unique. So I'm curious to see what they do with something else, because this also sounds like a, you know, like a game that's inspired by old school type stuff. So it seems like that's just what that studio is going to do. So I'm curious to see what they do with this. Nice. Big, Big Ben Interactive has announced the acquisition of Spiders Games, the studio behind the upcoming Greedfall and the previously released titles Mars Warlogs. Mars Warlogs, Bound by Flame, and The Technomancer. Uh, Bound by Flame and The Technomancer were, were both decent games, but Greedfall I'm really excited for. According to, Big ben, according to Big Ben Interactive, Spiders Games will integrate into its gaming business unit and leverage the commercial and marketing strength of an established publisher to increase the distribution of its games and benefit from the emulation generated my God, by belonging to a group of talented studios, the studio will continue to be led by current CEO and co-founder Jahan Rousseau. So was it, wasn't he one of the Quebecers? Might have been. Might have been. Might have been next to uh, Jacques Rousseau. Yeah. And maybe this was the Mountie. I'm the Mountie. I'm brave. I'm big. <laughs> I'm strong. Remember that dude? That was so good. Man. <laughs> that was perfect. Just like, the, just like the Mountie. Brian always gets his man. I do, man. I do. I do. But this is good news for Spiders Games because they just were kind of partnered up with uh, Focus Home Interactive for the past couple of years. Focus Home was publishing their games, but now they actually have funding behind their stuff because they're now owned by Big Ben Interactive. So I think this will hopefully let Spiders continue to make good things. And I have, like I said, I have high hopes for Greedfall. Apparently everyone does here on the show because it made it so high onto uh, Thunderdome this quarter. So we'll have to wait and see. Eh. Defiant development. Oh, yeah, Sean. Yes, you had it a little bit lower, too. I don't know. I had it at like 15 on my list. You had it somewhere around there as well. But uh, yeah. Frank and Frank and Kyle had it like in the top five or top six. So it was pretty crazy. Defiant Development, the Australia based studio behind the Hand of Fate series, has announced that it is ceasing development of new titles and will herein op- only operate in caretaker mode to support its existing titles. That being said, the developers at the studio, which Defiant Development describes as champions in their field, are looking for new jobs. It's kind of sad. That's really sad, actually. Kind of sad news. Hey, yo, THQ Nordic. (laughs) Yeah, don't be surprised, but kind of sad news. Uh, Hand of Fate was never a game that I got into. It it's like a card based card based game. Just never really had too much interest in it. The artwork and like the setting always i don't know it it always seemed really cool like you have that goblin type main character that's sitting there uh they gave it away for free on ps4 playstation plus games with gold i think one month so if you always tag your games you might have access to that but yeah it's kind of sad that they're only working in caretaker mode and most of the team is going off and looking for new jobs now so yeah it's rough we'll have to see what they do Finally, this week for the weekly wrap up, Nintendo's policy toward customer reports of Joy-Con Drift is to offer a free repair, according to an internal memo obtained and reported by Vice. The memo, which Vice said it had seen, says customers are not required to provide proof of purchase and support and support representatives don't have to check if the product is under warranty. Customers may also request a refund if they paid to repair their controllers too. Quote, confirm the prior repair and then issue a refund, end quote, says the memo, according to Vice. And Sean, you actually brought this to my attention. You actually put something in Discord about it. So this is a good thing, I think, because the Joy-Con drift issue is something that, Kyle, you currently deal with to this day. <laughs> Still dealing Gosh. with it. Yep. Was Man, playing, send uh, it in, brother. I remember them the other day and was struggling with it. Time to buy a pro controller because I love my pro controller. Are you going to send yours in, Kyle, for a repair? I don't think so. Um, I, the fix that I have for it and the fix that everybody has for it is if you blow a little condensed air under the rubber pad that surrounds the Joy-Con, it fixes it for about like six months at a time or a little less than that. Yeah. It fixes it for three or four months and then it's just barely starting to come back now. So I'm actually going to 
blow a little hot air into it today and see if that fixes it again for a bit. Yeah. Luckily, the uh, the drift isn't too, at least I would assume, is not too big of a deal for Fire Emblem. But for games like Mario Maker 2 and I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how you've done that with your Joy-Con drift and how you played through, uh, man, Katana Zero with your Joy-Con drift and a challenge, Brian. I'm always up for a challenge. You know that about me. Well, it's crazy how you've actually done it. <laughs> Yeah, luckily, luckily, my Joy-Cons have never had that issue, so. I've had it a little bit, and my wife has even noticed it, so I think that it's very substantial, because I think as gamers, we're very sensitive to when input is off on a controller by a little bit, especially if you're like me, where I'm like, oh, the controller must be broken, I I, I died in the game, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, this thing, we gotta buy a new one, you know, and... For her to notice it, I thought that was very, very telling of the issue. Um, I actually notice it the most when I'm playing like uh, Stardew Valley or something. When I'm trying to actually like move the guy and the input is delayed or there's an issue where the cursor just drifts across the screen on the other Joy-Con. And yeah, I think this is a bold and good move by Nintendo because not a lot of companies would do something like this. They're going to they're going to lose a lot of money on this. This is not. I mean, there's two Joy-Cons for every one Switch, and they've sold a buttload of Switches. And then not only that, now you can just send them both in for free, you know, and be like, they're both doing it. I can't tell you which one, and they have to look at them, you know? So it's, I think it's a really good thing. Nintendo has always prided themselves on their peripherals, on all the different things that they sell with their systems. And I'm glad to support a company that supports me. You know, if I buy your product and it's effed up and flawed in design from Jump Street, then the least you could do is help me out and look at it if it's messing up. You especially know, eighty bucks a pair. Exactly. Especially eighty freaking <laughs> bucks a pair. Dude. Exactly. But that being said, I mean, I did pick up a pro controller, and it's night and day better. Oh like, yeah, that's why Joy-Cons, I said time to buy a pro controller. <laughs> I just I can't even begin to explain how much of an upgrade it is to have the pro controller. The, the Joy Cons are nice. There's parts about the Pro Controller that do not complement what Joy-Cons can do. I get that. However, as a solo gaming component, if you don't have a Pro Controller, I I honestly don't know when it's a better time to go buy one. I mean, get your Joy-Cons repaired and play with your Pro Controller while they're gone. And then when they come back, only use them when you want to play with your friends. Exactly. And if you are in the market for Pro Controller, Powerade is the way to go. I haven't had any issues with mine. I was going to say Powerade definitely sells some quality, quality, quality third-party controllers. Uh, I actually have several because they keep sending them as for like reviews and that kind of stuff. I, so. I have an awesome Bowser one and I love it. Yeah, nice. I have the uh, I have Dude, the one. send me one. Freak, you got a bunch of freaking Pro Controllers over there sitting on them. I'm streaming. I'm trying to stream a freaking Mario, Mario Maker. With the drift, Brian, you got nine pro controllers sitting next to your computer. Like, look I'm at this sitting, idiot. I, I, I have one. Okay. <laughs> I have, I have, I have three. Not nine. I have three. But uh, I, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> the collector's items. Dang it, Kyle. Go out have, and get your own. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I have a GameCube one too that they sent me. That's, That's legit. Cool. That's legit. You know what, Frank? You don't I don't pretend say. like you didn't know, Frank. I, we talked about this when I got the. Uh, the uh, I did the unboxing no, and we got it no, for Super uh, Smash Brothers. I just keep, I just, I just keep saying it because I keep telling you I want it. Yeah, no, I'm not sending it to you. I love it. I know. I love it. It's it's so cool. I don't even use it that often. I just love to look at it. <laughs> you know what? That brings up a really good point, though. All of this, the accessories for the Switch are actually really good. You know, mm-hmm. whether they're third yeah. party or not, like Nintendo has done a good job of making sure that because they do license quality, them, right? quality, like, quality, quality. It's all about quality. quality control has been really good on the Switch, which is why this is such a big issue with the Joy-Cons. 
Because up until this point, the Switch has been, in my opinion, a flawless system. Yes, there's some things that it can't do, but that's because people are asking too much of it. It's not like it was designed to be a powerhouse gaming system that just could slay any game. But to have an actual piece of the system not working only after, what, like three years max of of gameplay, that's insanity. Like, I still have an Xbox One controller, an Xbox 360 controller for the PC that I game with that literally the grip has worn out on all of the thumb uh, joysticks, and it still works like a champ. So it's supposed to last a while, you know? And, And so that's I think that's the part that pissed people off so much, but... Good guy move, Nintendo. You did a good job, and we're we're really happy about it. I'm actually going to send mine in. I think I'm going to do it, even though the Joy-Con drift issue isn't that big of a deal. I was going to say, if there's even a slight issue, you should you should send that in and get it repaired, especially because you have a pro controller to keep using your Switch until you get them back. Exactly. And, and you know, that's the best part is you can just prop your Switch up on anything or embed and play with the pro controller, and it still is nice, you know? Yep, it's absolutely. not bad at all. Absolutely. It's, it's a lot of, I mean, it's it's a great design choice as well. You know, to have the pro controller still be able to work if it's in tablet mode or I guess even technically handheld mode. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love it. And I'll tell you, I went bougie and I got the the expensive pro controller because unfortunately I'm a label whore, I guess. But I oh, know that's the one I use the most. That's the one I use the most. I, I think it is a little bit more comfortable than the power A's, but the power A's are a great, great, great second. Oh, option. they're fantastic. Yeah. And they're like, what, half the price? You know, yeah, they're like, I think that I think they're 50 instead of 80. Yeah, can't, you can't really even beat that. But or they might even be 40. I, I, don't, I don't know. I love yeah. how all the controllers fit for the switch. I wish I could use my switch pro controller on my computer. You can. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me rub your lamp. I really appreciate it. I'm going to how you just plug it in with the little USB-C port and go plug it in. Steam actually has built in support for the pro controller. It's one of the options oh, you can select. <laughs> I'm going to play DMB. I'm going to play uh, DVD with it. I'm going to see how I do. Yeah. Plug it in. You can use your switch controller on, on PC. It's no issues. Yep. Oh my gosh, I'm so freaking happy inside. With that music right there, it means it's time for the new releases for the week of July 29th. But first, Metacritic results from last week. We did three games last week. First off, we have Fire Emblem Three Houses. I said 87. Frank, you said 77. Kyle said 91. 59 reviews. 87 is the official Metacritic. I was correct with the perfect guess of 87. Songbird Symphony was the second game. I said 78. Frank said 83. Kyle said also said 83. Only two reviews so far for the PS4 version. One review for the Xbox One version and zero reviews for PC. I had to throw this one out because there's not an official Metacritic score. Yeah, unfortunate. Wolfenstein Youngblood was the last game we did. I said 85. Frank said 90. Kyle said 84. 24 reviews on the PC version was the most I could find. 76 is the official Metacritic. Kyle, Kyle closest Kyle wins. with his 84. Kyle Man. does Woo! not win because we kicked to the Price is Right rule, which comes into play. Kyle went over on his guess of 84 because the official Metacritic was 76. I was dead on with my 87 for another week in a row. I take the point. Brings me to seven total for the year. Seven total wins in this game for the year. Uh, Kyle still with two. Frank with three. Sean with one. So I will take pick of the week once again. Congratulations, Brian. You're the Big Bad Booty Daddy champion of Level Down Games, and you get to choose the game of the week. So now, moving into the new releases for the week of July 29th. We'll skip over today, Monday, July 29th. Move on to tomorrow, Tuesday, July 30th. We have two games coming out. The first coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, Solo Islands of the Heart. Solo Islands of the Heart is a game about love. About love is fuel, the force that drives us. 
Love is a universal feeling, but each of us experiences it in a different way. Solo Islands of the Heart explores the theme of love in an introspective way, allowing players to identify and reflect on their own experiences. The world is divided into archipelagos, with each island representing a unique puzzle. Solving puzzles will award the player with a sleeping totem, awakening them to answer a question about love and relationships. As with love, most puzzles have no unique solution. Using boxes, each with different properties and behaviors, players can build their own paths to the sleeping totems on each island. Nature and contemplation are also a huge part of Solo. Pull out your camera and capture the moment, play that guitar, or play the guitar, feed the animals, or just sit on a bench and think. How cool does this sound? That's like an amazing <laughs> idea for a video game, seriously. <laughs> right? Like, it, cool it actually sounds sound? stupid, but it sounds like amazing at the same time. Like, do I just sit down and play guitar? I mean, it's, it sounds silly and convoluted, but it's, it's such an amazing idea in general. Like, just like you said, love, there's no, God, I can't even put my words around this one. Love is a weird thing. It's a great thing. And there's no one way to solve the puzzle. There's no one way to be in love. Like, it's that's such a awesome idea. I want to say this game has been out on PC for a little while. I, I can't find proof of that, but I swear I read somewhere that this was already available on PC. Um, and it's finally just not coming to console, so I might check this out. It, it would be a great Switch game. It really would it be a great Switch game. It sounds like a Brian game through and through. No, it absolutely does, and I think Kyle would even enjoy this one too, just because but if, it's a puzzle, but if it's a puzzle game, then it's a Frank game as well. Because ab ab absolutely. I think we would all find some enjoyment out of this one. The other game coming out on Tuesday, July 30th to PC, PS4, Xbox One, The Blackout Club. Hell yes. I'm excited for this. The Blackout Club is a first-person co-op horror game centered around a group of teenage friends investigating a monster secret beneath the skin of their small town. Every night, everyone in town gets out of bed and sleepwalks. In the morning, they wake up with no recollection of what happened or where they were. Explore procedurally generated missions against a fearsome enemy you can only see with your eyes closed. Oh, this is uh, I, I've been kind of keeping an eye on this since we used to stream Dead by Daylight extensively uh, on our own Twitch channel before Kyle started doing it on his Bruce Deduce. And this is a game that I thought that all of us could actually play together and have a lot of enjoyment and fun with because it is it's a co-op horror based game and you do things and it, it kind of resets every single day. And it, I don't know, it just seems really, really cool. And I know there's going to be a lot of reviews because the team has been trying to uh, to push out as many keys as possible. I didn't actually put in for one because I didn't have time to play it. And um, I, I, it's a game that you would have to have multiple people to play to actually because it's a co-op game. So I didn't know if we could actually get any like any amount of us to play together. Are, are we all cool on PC on this one? I, I will get this. We would have to. We would have to. How I'll, much is I'll, it MSRPing for? Let's I'll see probably, here. Probably twenty bucks. I don't know. Probably the Blackout 20, Club. Probably twenty dollars. And I don't, I, and, I, I don't even want to look because I'm afraid I might catch like a score on this. And I don't. If it's out it's twenty bucks. Yeah, twenty I was, bucks. I was gonna say it's probably twenty bucks. So. I, and I don't think there's any official scores yet because it's not out. Oh, because so. it's not out, so there won't be any. Okay, it just yeah. Right. But there will be like Steam reviews and that kind of stuff because I think it was an early oh. access. So I think it's twenty bucks. I will reach out and see if I can get us copies of the game. No guarantees. I didn't know if anyone else would be interested in playing it. So I'd, I'd be willing to pay for it. So if we can't get a copy, I'll still be playing. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. But let's take a guess at this one. Metacritic guesses, please. Ooh, 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 ooh. I was not ready. Okay. Are, are you, are you going <laughs> to stick with your dice roll? No. <laughs> That's all <laughs> <So>, 11. <laughs> for those of you who are listening at home, I I just randomly rolled in a 100-sided die, and it gave me an 11. Like, out of all of the different ways that I could just F up, I can't even get a high 100 roll. 11. Uh, <laughs> reveal your guesses in three, two, one, go. It's an 80 from me, a 91 from Frank, a 74 from Kyle, and a 72 from Sean. I knew Sean would be the lowest. All on the across the spectrum on that. Sean's usually the lowest. 
Shout out to Harsh no, Critic. No, no. The I, lowest I, of the low. I just because it's a horror game. I didn't think him to be too high. Yeah. He's a you're, no, no, you're he's, right. He's, you're just, right. He's, just a, he's just a lower, man. What Vanessa Bourne would call a lower. Woo! <laughs> Vanessa Bourne identity. <laughs> <laughs> Skipping over Wednesday, July 31st, moving on to Thursday, August 1st. Crazy that we're already in August 2019 is cruising on by. Oh, God, I owe my rent soon. <laughs> we, have, we have two games coming out on August 1st. They are pretty much the same game. Uh, the first one coming to PS4 is Labyrinth Life, which is the same description as our second game coming out on Thursday, August 1st to Nintendo Switch, Omega Labyrinth Life. Like I said, they're pretty much the same game. Roguelike <laughs> Cross Relaxation. What's Enjoy your daily life. And I have no idea. Enjoy your daily life in an academy of fair maidens. Take it easy in the latest addition to the series where you buff your bust with every foe you defeat. Omega Labyrinth. Now, in addition to adventuring through dungeons, you can enjoy the finer things in life. Taking care of flowers, rebuilding the academy, and having a little fun on the side. Oh, a little something something. Well, something something on the side. <laughs> yeah, no, these are these are pretty much the same game. Like I said, they just have different names for whatever reason on the uh, I consoles. Get it. I don't well, get why maybe because the Switch either. version will probably be lower graphically than the PS4. So it's Omega? <laughs> oh, yeah, Omega. that's like the opposite. <laughs> it's like you should say Beta Labyrinth Life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't or, know. Or, or, or just or just Labyrinth Life and Omega should have been the PS4 version. But I, I will say I do miss the days where games came out on Nintendo and they were different named because Nintendo always had crazy names like Yeah. Super Ultra Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition. You know, it's like why can't no, we just call it Street Fighter that, 2? No, that game was the tits, man. <laughs> <laughs> Frank still plays it to this day. I actually think he does. I, I still do. I was going to say, I think he still do. Uh, we have three more games coming out this week. Move on, on to Friday, August 2nd. The first one coming to PC, a game I'm actually kind of excited for after finding out about it. And I actually found out about it while doing prep for the show. Dry Drowning. Don't Dry... Google that, kid. <laughs> no, don't. Dry Drowning is an investigative thriller-oriented visual novel set in the futuristic dystopian universe of Nova Polemos, a shady socio-political situation dragging everything down to the abyss, a serial killer drawing strength from this darkness, a tormented detective and his assistant craving for redemption. Dry Drowning challenges the player to find the truth, going through ambiguous characters, riddles, clues, and unexpected events, while telling an extremely compelling and mature story. It sounds super cool, and I like visual novels, so I will definitely be checking this one out. Next up, coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, Madden, NFL 20. Where's Be the, the face. Yeah, they, well, the Switch can't handle it. Be the face of an uh -huh. NFL. It's probably true, too. Be the face of an NFL <laughs> franchise where the decisions you make matter in your journey to become an NFL superstar. Create your own college quarterback to play through the college football national championship playoffs and the NFL combine for your shot at the NFL draft. That's the, uh, the new story that? mode. I haven't done it yet. It's the new story mode. It's um, that's one thing, you I, would be one thing I haven't that. done. I, I would have been if, like, I could have actually, again, I want NCAA College Football to come back, and I'm really, really hoping that one year it will. But I will check this out at some point. Obviously, I've been playing through Madden, as we talked about earlier in the show, but I haven't touched the story mode yet. And I, and I will do that at some point before my uh, my subscription expires to Premiere. I just haven't had a chance to. Um, we'll see. You know what? I, don't, I don't even know what colleges I can play for. I have no idea. So If they're listening, I, I got to tell you, they're sleeping on this while they don't just combine the two games. 
Sure, you can't add every college team. I get that. They but if you at least ones. include like the big conferences with the big teams where you could be like playing at least maybe like two colleges per state or maybe four for bigger states, you could like p make a character just like this, play for your alma mater, play through it. And then if you want to graduate them to NFL, it's like prestiging or something, you know, and that like, might be what this is. Again, I don't know how many schools are actually in this. <laughs> yeah. That might be yeah. what this is. Every time I do every time I do this, like uh, if I play as like, something where I can carry him into something else for football. I always play as a character, number five, and I call myself Ben Folds. Rock in the suburbs, baby. I get it. It's all good. Metacritic guesses on this one, though. Let's do oh, it. Metacritic yeah, guesses. Here we go. Baby. Here we um, go. It's going to be hard. I... All right. Revealing three, two, one, go. It's a 78 from me, an 85 from Kyle, an 82 from Sean, and an 83. My God, from Frank. So we're we drinking out of the same cup. Yeah, we got an 82 and 83 and 85 from you three, and then a 78. I'll take the low, I guess. Kind of crazy. I actually thought someone else would go a little bit lower than 78. It's kind of telling that you gave Not it the low rating and you're playing the game. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. The big two zero. The double X. The deuces. I think that if they don't fix some of the technical issues, that it could affect the score that I talked about earlier. So we'll see. Mm. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an awesome game to talk about. Oh, trust me. Can't wait. Last game this week coming to PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, The Church in the Darkness. No one is forced to join a cult. It welcomes you. It understands you. It envelops you until the words become more than truth. They make you whole. In the late 1970s, the charismatic Isaac and Rebecca Walker lead the collective justice mission. Labeled radicals and feeling persecuted by the U.S. government, they relocate their followers to the one place they believe they can create a socialist utopia, the jungles of South America. There, they build Freedom Town, but relatives left behind in the U.S. become worried. What exactly is going on at this compound in the jungle? You play as Vic, an ex-law enforcement officer who has snuck into Freedom Town to check on their nephew, Alex. Whether you choose stealth or violence, you must infiltrate the commune, find out what's going on within, and locate your nephew before it's too late. How dangerous are the walkers? How far will you go to uncover the truth and save Alex? Could it all have turned out? differently. Jonestown, baby. Dude, I am so excited for this, and I have been waiting for this for, like, I want to say three or four years um, since it initially got announced. Rebecca Walker is being played by the same voice actress who does GLaDOS, Ellen McLean. So, oh, no kidding. Uh, Portal reference. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm this literally super sounds for like this. a Resident Evil game. Dude, this, I'm this so is pumped a for this. Evil game. This is literally lifted from real life. This is yeah, it's Jones, based on like a true. Yeah, I was gonna say it's based off of a true Jim thing. Jones, the, the, yeah, I cannot wait to play this. Metacritic wow. guesses. Metacritic guesses, please. Oof. We're gonna go higher. <laughs> in three, two, one, go. It's an 84 from me, an 88 from Sean, an 83 from Kyle, and an 84 from Frank. <laughs> <laughs> We're all kind of feeling the same thing on this one, man. Damn. Okay. Okay. That's crazy. That is awesome. Uh, pick of the week this week, though, is uh, The Church in the Darkness. Okay. Now, now I'm not so mad that you won. It is, it is The Church in the Darkness because that is going to be phenomenal, I think. I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to play yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I quickly want to talk about leveldowngames.com. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. So much more. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania, alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, and soon, news pieces will be returning to our outlet as we move into a period where we'll have the time to do so. That's actually this fall after we get caught up on our reviews. So please, if you aren't a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us out so much. 
Podcasts, of course, can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. All right. Unfortunately, we lost Kyle. Kyle had to step away for a little bit, but he will be back later on in the show for uh, at least for bonus stage and maybe the end of the show. But I don't know. But I, he, I know he said he would try to be back for bonus stage. But I want to do something that or I want to talk about something. I don't want to do something. It's not a game this week because it's a very serious topic that I've seen a lot of people discussing over the past week since the update came out. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. I'm hoping you are. But a recent update to Grand Theft Auto Online this past week has added the Diamond Casino and Resort which is a fully functioning casino inside the game that runs off of real world currency to an extent. This update has been blocked in 54 countries due to gambling laws and has been met with extreme backlash online. This at the helm of many governments tackling the case of loot boxes and microtransactions. Rockstar's basically saying, fuck it, let's go all in and do it. (laughs) Did you guys did you guys get a chance to see this at all? My girl wants to party all the time. Party. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I Googled it just now to catch up with you. How crazy. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, go ahead, Frank. This this is insane. But yeah, Frank, take it, because I know you've probably looked into this a little bit more than Sean. I have. It's it really is a fully functional casino. I don't know how the payout works, so it's to an extent, am I able to get money back out of this? Or, or, Or am I paying money to get in-game currency you're paying money to get in-game currency to then use in the casino so you can't cash out and get real money back but you're using it for the stuff in the game so it's the ultimate form of microtransaction it really is then you're buying you're buying this currency or chips i guess or whatever the currency is that that they use in this to to go to this casino and there's like i said it's there's multiple games you can play there it's a fully functioning casino it's a resort it's more than just a casino you can rent rooms you can rent suites there it's like a fucking vegas hotel no i I saw uh i was looking like the the list of games that's everything i would play at a casino well, there is cool parts to it, though. Slots and cards and roulette and baccarat and all that. It's all there. It's cool to an extent. It's cool that it's there. It's, I, I think that if it wasn't an option to purchase the currency with actual money, and like if you could say buy it through other means or through currency earned in the game, then that's, I don't that's know. The, that's the kicker, though, yeah. Then I don't know that it would be a big of a deal. I don't think that this is that big of a deal, though. No, no, I think Brian nailed it. Like, uh, this is like the ultimate microtransaction. Like, yeah, because you're you're playing these games, which are it's a casino game. It's rigged. It's a computer. It's rigged. Uh, you're, you're playing these games to buy in-game items. It's literally like selling you a loot box. But to be fair, GTA has already been to the be ultimate fair. microtransaction. No, GTA, GTA, GTA is very bad about it in general. It is like not and not GTA base game, GTA online. You buy the game and you get like a bonus of currency just for buying it. And people can buy it again and again and again and keep getting that. They've already been doing something like this. They just added a way inside the already current game instead of buying a code again to get this kind of benefit. And then they've got a free daily here. I've just looked it up called the Lucky Wheel, where you walk into the casino and it's a free daily activity spin and you can win tons of crap within the game. You know, so I mean, you don't have to pay money to benefit from the casino. And honestly, I mean, it's a great way 
in my opinion, to capitalize on this no pixel thing where it's like a role playing server, basically. And people go in there and live lives anyways. This is just another way for people to, I guess, enjoy that. I, it sounds stupid, but when you break it down and you really look at the fundamentals, what's the difference between this and playing like Warcraft? You go and you buy things in Warcraft, you don't get anything back for it. I mean, I know it's a gambling thing in this game, but if you win, you get a prize. It's I think I think here's the thing that is a is a big issue. And and, and I will say it's a cool addition to the game. It looks really fun. I, I would probably get some enjoyment out of this had I played Grand Theft Auto online, but I don't. I don't play GTA online and I never have. It's actually really fun. We should do it. I've heard it. It's a lot of fun. I probably would enjoy it, as I said. But they has been teasing this casino update for years and it's finally here. It is possible to never purchase the currency in the casino and only use like your in-game currency that you've earned so far in GTA Online. It's possible to use that and buy your chips, buy in, spend that at the casino and never have to spend a dollar of real money. But the currency is going so fast is the issue. The the casino is rigged like it's it's almost impossible to win. I've seen so many reports that it's like it's completely rigged, which most casinos in real life even are as well. But although the money that you have is being burnt so fast that there's reports of people online on message boards going broke of their in-game currency that they can't do anything else in GTA online now. So the only aspect that they would have to continue would be to spend real world money to get it back because you're buying the currency back. And then if you get addicted and I've seen a lot of people saying that they're addicted to the gambling in the casino in the game because gambling is an addiction and you can get addicted to it just like you can in real life. It's yep. as it, it literally behaves the same way in the game. It is a real addiction that exists and people now with that addiction that maybe didn't know they had it or knew they had it, but stayed away from actual casinos. And they're like, well, this is kind of cool. Maybe I'll just play the virtual casino. And now they're spending hundreds and thousands of dollars of their actual money buying currency to now blow it in GTA online. It's a big deal. It's a big issue. It is. It's it's, it's a real addiction, which I will say I had for a while myself. Okay. uh, Okay. When I was... 19 years old i have an uncle who lived in vegas still lives there uh and 19 you can't gamble but i bought a i bought a thing of donuts and i had 75 cents worth of change left over i told my mom hey throw it in this machine boom it hits for 75 bucks that's my first time gambling <laughs> uh nice and she gave she gave me 75 dollars so two years later i spent my 21st birthday in vegas and i blew through a couple of grand very 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 quickly uh it is dangerous i i don't advocate I, I i am not an advocate for gambling i actually don't gamble i when i lived in vegas before i had made some changes in my life i did gamble and it, it is not a good thing i i will say that i'm not saying i'm not judging anyone who does it i'm just saying i totally agree with you i think every it is time, dangerous yeah. every time i go i end up spending a lot of money i, I win a lot too which and, and when you start winning you're like oh this is the greatest thing ever Oh, yeah. They opened up a casino about two years ago. It's literally three or four miles from where I live right now. It takes everything in me not to go there. Like, it, it, it's, well, it's, it's impressive it's, that you don't. It's, it, well, it is. It's, 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 it's an addiction that I'm fighting. Like, I trust there's plenty of other things I'm addicted to that I don't fight. Like, I love to eat. Um, <laughs> no, but like, seriously, like, I'll pass it. Like, hey, I got like four hours to kill. I can totally go there. But in my head, I'm like, don't do it because you know where that leads. Uh, yeah. So, and I like to play video games like I know myself. I play video games sometimes to escape other bad behavior. It's true. I, I totally agree with you. I, I That's why I play video games is to escape different things that maybe I, I deal with on a daily basis. Right. So 
I completely agree with that. I do think that the wide availability of this feature in the game is scary. The fact that they can't validate who's actually playing is an adult and can handle it or process it if they choose to do so is a problem. I know plenty of people who play GTA 5 who are not 21 or adults, you know, and you just go on freaking Twitch to see that. That's not even... That's not even like I need to know somebody in person. I can just go on there and find a bunch of people playing the game. It's popular, you know? And I think that's the problem is you're advocating it to people who are not eligible to do it now as an adult. And so it's kind of like a primer to them. To be fair, there's already gambling online, but you have to be an adult to do it. And sometimes you just play it for fun and that's fine. Like you can go play blackjack for fun on a website, but that's not targeted towards kids it's not like they advertise that website where kids are they advertise it on you know gaming websites that you would play like mahjong on or something you know like it's kids don't play mahjong you know (laughs) but um for the most part you know at least from what i've seen in the u.s but i believe that's the big issue is it's exposing people who normally would not be in a situation to be exposed to that or be looking for that. And that is a scary thing. I agree. Now, I will say earlier, I don't think it's that big of a deal from a standpoint of playing the game because GTA Online is an effed up game. You know what I mean? Like there is tons of things that you could do in that game that are a lot worse than going to a casino. The only problem is, is it doesn't cost you your real dollars every time you do it. Right, right, right. To me, the biggest thing that they should do is if you're going to pay real money to get in-game currency for a chance to win things, make some tangible real-life prizes. You don't have to have money payouts. Say that this is a Rockstar game. Say you pay in-game money, which is the equivalent of like $10. Say you have a chance to win a copy of Red Dead Redemption 2, a game code. Like, hey, you can win a Red Dead Redemption 2 game code for Xbox or PS4 if you're playing on PS4. Tangible rewards. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a good deal. Now, if you, you know, if you're I'm sorry to say this, but if you're foolish and you go do that like five times, you should have just went and bought Red Dead Redemption 2. Correct. You know, so because then you're spending the same amount. <laughs> right. But to me, it's worth the 10 bucks to like maybe try it. You can't do that, though. I mean, because then, then you're going to get like uh, CSGO, where if you win something, you can sell that item to someone for money. So you're, you're, but you, you can't create, sell yeah. this. You can only download it to the account that's already playing on GTA Five. Like but it has it, to, it go have to, to be that. locked to your Rockstar account or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, that's something that I could get on behind. And I'm not even an, a gambling advocate. I actually am. You know, I believe that you shouldn't gamble. But I mean, I could see how, from a worldly perspective, barring religion or any other kind of moral belief system, that would be acceptable to people. You know what I mean? It's. So to me, this is a great topic. It's it's a hot button. I do think that it's flawed. I, I I'm surprised that this is even a thing Rockstar would pursue. Yeah, with in 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 the society that we're in right now, and the way that you know multiple governments out there are attempting to put restrictions on loot boxes and restrictions on microtransactions, whether it's restricting them or just getting rid of them entirely. It, it, it's weird to me that Rockstar would just kind of, you know, put the middle finger up in the face of everybody. And I get why they do it, because they're Rockstar and like they, you know, they have this multitude of people behind them and get players that play their games. But like I said, 54 countries, you can't gamble in this game. Like you try to walk into this casino and it doesn't let you inside because of Good. where you live. You know, it's uh, I still gamble a little bit. I don't go to casinos, but I, I have a DraftKings account where uh, you can bet on sports. 
and I, I lend myself. Okay, I, I got twenty bucks in there. I've been floating the same twenty bucks for about a year and a half now, so I'm not really going crazy. But uh, there's certain sports in New York you can't bet on, so it's I bet you it's the same kind of deal. Like you try to walk in there and be like, nope, you can't do it in your your, your area. So you wasted money on this deal. Say. Same thing in Vegas, bro. Like you cannot bet on for the longest time. You could never bet on UNLV games. So you can't go into the book and bet on the local college. You can't bet on tennis in New York. Nice. Well, you know what? Who would want to bet on tennis? (laughs) 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 You know what? Here's the thing, dude. I, I think you're spot on. I think that the region locking is actually important. I think it that's it's something that I've seen a lot. I grew up in Las Vegas. I spent my entire life there. Gambling is like nothing new to me. It's normal to a lot of people. That's why it's probably not such a big deal to me, but I can't appreciate the region locking. I think that that's a great feature. I really do. The issue is that people in these regions, and I think the biggest one is probably South Korea, which has a very big and, you know, populous gaming population, but you can actually purchase the currency still. You can buy the currency to the casino and if you're not if you don't know that you can't spend it and you can't actually use it because you can't gamble, you're just wasting your money at that point. Yeah, but I waste my money on stuff all the time. How many times do I go buy something at the store that doesn't fit what I need at home or something? Now, if they do a refund feature, then that's OK. Yeah, you can I don't buy know, it I don't, I don't know that they are. I, I was actually scrolling cool. through. I was scrolling through the, uh, you know, comments on the Reddit thread that I'm looking at where I I can see like all the countries that have been banned from accessing the casino. I think that there should have been more communication. I think that, you know, Rockstar going into this probably knew that of they, they had they had to have some inkling of an idea that at least a certain number of these countries were going to forbid players from actually participating in the new DLC. I don't know that they maybe knew about all 54 countries. There probably will be more added to the list over time. Maybe some will lessen up on the restrictions. I don't know. But there should have been communication because, again, just scrolling through the threads on Reddit, on the uh, the GTA Online subreddit, there's a lot of upset players that were looking forward to this content that either A, can't access it now and saved up a ton of real money in like real currency in the game, like 17 million, 20 million dollars in the actual game, not real money, but game money to right. play this DLC and use it and access it and buy the new apartments that you can get and access the new features and do all these things that now they cannot do. So Rockstar has upset a a large chunk of their fan base about this, but they're also upsetting people that are like us and I guess more so like people that follow this type of stuff. But those that are against the microtransaction aspect of it to where you can purchase the currency with real money as well and potentially go down a rabbit hole of all of this type things where, you know, you're going broke not only in the game, but broke in real life because you want to access things in the game that you could only get by gambling and that and I don't know they they just it's a weird thing that they did it's a weird way to go about this and I think that there was a better way to do it I I don't disagree with you I want to ask you guys a question about it and see what you feel sure Frank you're familiar with Warcraft enough to understand probably the question so I'll pose it to you as well say Blizzard comes out and they say hey you can use your in-game currency and rewards to go to an NPC in this zone and play games and do whatever, but you have to pay your in-game currency to do it. Um, you know, would you be pissed for people if it was region locked? I would. I, I th- if it was I region think, locked, yeah. yes. And and Sean, something exists in Warcraft that is very similar to what you're talking about. It's called the Dark Moon Fair. Um, yeah. You you go to you know the Dark Moon Fair happens once a month. 
it's not a constant thing like the GTA Online Casino, but the Dark Moon Fair is every month and it's for a week. It's from like a Sunday to a Saturday type of a thing. And you go there and you can purchase tickets to ride rides and play games. And it's just meant to be fun. It's meant to like, you know, you go there and you can earn pets or earn mounts or special items. And that's all it's for. And you can get buffs there, buffs that help you, you know, they last for an hour and they increase your experience or they increase your rep gains or that kind of stuff. But it only costs five gold for five tickets. It's like a gold per ticket. Do you know how easy it is to get a gold in that game? Do a quest. Well, it used to be, but yeah. But they, the, the Dark Moon, this, this didn't exist when it was hard to get gold. This has only existed since it's been easy. And Yeah, I mean, you can have five gold by the time you're level eight, right? You can have five gold by the time you're level three. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's super easy to earn gold in the game now. You, Which you, is like... 20 minutes of gameplay max from character creation to level three. Yeah. Not if you even. watch every cinematic, you know, not even. And most of the players doing the dark moon fair are like level max level level 120. You can, if you do a quest at 120, you can, first of all, you can earn 3000 like, gold in an hour, yeah, no. but, but you can do a quest, get a quest reward that then sells for like 70 gold. Like it, it it's, so easy in this game to earn money that the currency doesn't matter that you're spending on the Dark Moon Fair. But you're also like you can technically, I guess, purchase gold with real money by buying a token on the WoW store that then sells for game time that someone else buys for you. And I think right now you can buy a token for 20 bucks and you could sell that on the store and it gives you a player 30 days of game time. And it's like one hundred and twenty thousand gold or something like that. Like that's how that's how Blizzard combated the Chinese gold farming by getting rid of doing that and basically selling it themselves as game time instead of anything else. And I think it was a smart move. It, it definitely has eased up the market a bit on servers that where it was shot because of gold farming. But right. I think that it's it's night and day what Blizzard does with that to what they did, what Rockstar is doing with this casino. Now, if that's Blizzard exactly added, the point I'm getting at. If Blizzard added a casino. That was restricted. That was gambling, kind of like uh, the uh, Golden Saucer from Final Fantasy. Let's just use that as an example. Okay, right. Um, If they did something like that to where you could go there and play games and, you know, gamble and do that. And yeah, it was restricted in certain countries. That would be a huge deal, first of all, because World of Warcraft is still extremely popular in certain countries, especially uh, I, I think it's finally declining in China, but it, for the longest time, China was like its strongest market. And I know China yeah. is one of the countries that it has banned the gambling for GTA online. But so it's crazy. You've I don't established know. You, you've established that not accessing the feature, uh, depending on where you live, is a problem. I agree. Yeah. I think, Frank, you agree, right? I agree. So let me ask this. If Rockstar cut you off and said, OK, you can only go buy a currency once a month from GTA online. You can buy real money to play in the diamond once a month. I think that that would be miles better yeah. than just advocating for people to just balls to the wall, free range, buy and play as much as you want. Restrictions, I mean, for that, sure restrictions. Would that be acceptable enough to place restrictions on this game to where... I, I don't know that it would be enough to ease up. the country. I, I don't know that I'm it would be sure. enough because you're still gambling and ga- anti-gambling laws exist in so many countries. My question then is, uh, I'm, I'm not familiar. I've never actually played GTA online except for the one time. Uh, if we were to play together and I had, let's say, $20 million, can I, you, can can't, I, you can't give money away. You cannot you give money away. Give, okay. That's okay. That's the question. Cause they, otherwise this is just gold farming all over again. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. This, uh, the money is tied to your account. 
Um, you, you can't transfer any items. You can't transfer any money. Can no I one buy, can things buy anything for nothing? you? Okay. Nothing. So you can't buy from each other. Correct. The only thing that you can do to share items is let's say you buy a dope car and I roll up and we meet up somewhere and you hop out of the car and I hop in it. Then I can drive it for as long as it's functional and alive or until I log out, like until you log out, it, it just it disappears. So okay. it's not like it's it's really tied to the character and they've done a good job with that uh, to this point. But I think the big hot button issue that we've all come to is that the, the game touches on an issue that is a problem for people in real life. That is a damaging habit that can destroy you if you don't check it. It's destroyed many lives. <laughs> if they're going to put this in a game, what are they doing on the flip side is what I want to know. Are they going to provide people with resources to combat gambling addiction? Are they going to put out a campaign or maybe take some of the proceeds from the casino and actually educate people on it? Like, what are they going to do? Hell no, man. They I wanna, don't think they're they, going to they, do it. They want you to spend your money so they get more money that they can now put into GTA 6 and Red Dead Redemption 3. I think, it's US, <laughs> I think, I think U.S. law is if you're gambling, they have to provide the gambling addiction like phone number or somewhere. Yeah, that's that's, that's the only something. thing they have to do, right? That's the only thing they have yeah. to do. And it, that's, 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 that's unfortunate because, like I said, and I may, you know, it's not a joke, but so many people's lives have been ruined in real life by gambling and gambling addiction. Uh, I, I don't want to see that happen because now you are doing this in a game. I think the scariest part is kids. Yeah. I mean, Open, you're starting opening, opening, opening them up to this at such a young age. Exactly. I was I was I was 19. Can you imagine if I was gambling as a kid? I'd be oh gosh, horrible. at like nine. <laughs> Frank, I got to tell you, I used to, we go to the casinos all the time in Vegas to eat, to watch movies, to bowl. Yeah, to do whatever. That's where everything is at is casinos. Everything for the most is part. a casino. I would go eat and my grandma would be like, here, fill out a Kino card. I'll play it for you. Like, I'm like a kid and I'm filling out Kino cards. And then I, you know, if I win, and then, I get you, the and money. then you do well and you get like super excited and you're like, man, I want to keep playing because I want to keep winning money. <laughs> and guess, guess what I played when I was 21? Kino. Kino. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's indoctrination. So I don't want to see kids play this game. First of all, kids should not be playing GTA, but period. Let's yeah, face but it, you know, the they are. Rating you know system they are. In gaming is a joke. It's a joke, right? So they're playing it. What happens when they want to play more? And maybe they go sneak their parents' credit card and go buy some. Is Rockstar going to refund that money? Hell like, no. What's to stop? No, because someone could lose and be like, oh, I, I didn't mean to do it. That was I, my I, kid. <laughs> that was my kid that did it. So it's that's the same. The it's the fucking FIFA here. thing, man. Kids spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars of their parents' money buying ultimate team card packs. It's that bullshit or all over again. Candy yeah. Crush. You yeah, know, like the big Candy Crush fiasco where you, you tie your account directly to the freaking app store that stores your credit card. And if you authorize it to just make purchases willy nilly, your three year olds on there just buying tens of thousands of dollars worth of crap. Yeah, that it's happened insanity. with my, my, my aunt and my uh, younger cousin. Uh, there was a Marvel superheroes game on Facebook. I remember oh, that. Yeah, I remember that. Which 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 I played. I played the free version, but uh, she put the credit card in because he wanted to buy a character, and it saved the credit card. And he racked up uh, a little close to two thousand dollars worth of uh, transactions that she had to then try to dispute. And they were giving her a hard time because he had used these characters. Of course, he used these characters. He's a kid. He's gonna use the characters, but yeah, not cool. Hey That's Sean, cool. you're on, you're on stage. You're on stage 118 of Doctor Mario World. You only got two viruses left. 
you can spend two ninety nine to get some diamonds to keep going because you're out of capsules. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Is there are there are games that capitalize on your addictions, and that's fine. We we realize that that is a true thing. Yeah, but. Nothing to the stakes of this, right? No, this Nothing is this to is, the this stakes is, of this is a big and there's a reason why more. so many people are talking about it right now. Like right. this is one of the biggest things that's actually happened in terms of this in a long time. It's scary. I mean, at first I was like, oh, no big deal. But then we started talking about it more and I'm like, oh, F, no, this is a huge deal. Like, I appreciate you guys bringing it up. It's it's kind of crazy. Like, so when you come into the casino, I've been reading about this while we've been talking too. yeah, isn't it crazy? They have a rock star support where they can talk about like details and limitations of the casino or whatever. But standard membership is is five hundred dollars in GTA money, which is correct. Nothing. That's like the VIP whatever. I can I can get five hundred dollars in GTA money within a, the first couple missions. Probably yeah. um, you can go out and get money off the streets by holding up stores or Beat whatever. The hell out of a hooker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, it, it you gives also you five thousand <laughs> chips. It gives you valet parking <laughs> and anyone who receive who visits the diamond can receive a daily visitor bonus of a thousand chips. So you can walk in and get the money pretty easily without spending any real money or anything. But we both have just talked about how easy it is to blow through money quickly and gambling like that's not the fear. The fear is spending real money to get currency in the game. If they removed that feature, I'd be 100 percent. If they, re- if, okay if they with remove this. that feature, there's no issues because now you're just locking it to the currency that you earn in game and the amount of work that you're willing to put into it to get, you know, some level of enjoyment of content that they've added through DLC. Get rid of the microtransaction to buy real to buy currency with real money and there's zero issues. Here's the slippery slope. Except you for the can gambling. Buy the game still. and get a code to get currency in the game. Which most people do, which is why GTA 5 is still and Frank and I have talked about this when we talked about like NPR results and that kind of stuff for uh for gaming whenever that comes out. Grand Theft Auto 5 still exists in the top 10 every single month because it's cheaper to buy a copy of the game to get a code to get currency than it is to buy currency with real money in the game. And get this Twitch Prime benefits. Twitch Prime members who link their Twitch and Rockstar Social Club accounts before July 19th can claim their free master penthouse in game today. So they would have already had they would have already had they would have already had to have done it then. So right, right. Those who missed the deadline can still purchase the master penthouse and receive a rebate (laughs) for the price of the base master penthouse within 48 hours. So you can still get it. And all Twitch Prime members who have linked their accounts receive 75% off the Declass Scramjet and Nagasaki Shitaro, which I'm assuming is like a, a car or a bike. Must so be, yeah. they're giving Twitch Prime benefits associated with this. Dude, the core audience of Twitch is under 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're advocating to a Prime audience gambling, and most of that audience is not even old enough to gamble. It's insane, dude. Like I said, That's this whole nuts. thing is insane. This whole thing is insane. It, it was handled poorly. I think Rockstar knows better, but I don't think that they care. I think Rockstar, they had to have seen this stuff coming, man. They did. They had to have seen this coming. They well, are they smart don't care. Team. I know they don't care, and that's unfortunate, they're not but they are morally, a smart team. They're not morally driven. All of their popular games have moral, just like blatant moral discrepancies all over the place. Like, I remember growing up playing the first Grand Theft Auto, and even that had huge problems. With morals and people behaving properly in society. I mean, they've built their success on this type of behavior, but this is just like they've upped the ante, you know? And, and I appreciated Frank sharing that. I, I, 
I think that as a show that talks a lot, we need to talk about issues that are relatable. That is a very relatable issue. And I'm grateful that he opened up and and allowed us to see that. Uh, I don't think we shy away from issues here on max level. No, just we don't really we don't really get too political or religious for certain reasons. But other than that, it's an open book for the most part. But he he definitely that that was that was all I needed to hear, man. When he said that, I was like, I never thought of that. I never thought of that because that's not a weakness of mine. That's not something I deal with. I deal with other things, but not that, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be something that we're going to have to keep an eye on and see if Rockstar maybe changes or if there's any updates in the future. And if there are, we will we will obviously report on those. But for now, this is the way that it is. And it's really unfortunate. But that music right there means it's time to me for me to take advantage of another one of Frank's weaknesses. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if you had a chance to look at this one yet while we were talking. Oh, you bet your ass I have. But it's time for Kickstart My Heart. And we have something that I, I'm guaranteeing Frank's already pledged to. But mm-hmm. it's a new original action adventure platformer game for the Sega Genesis. Oh, wow. And it's called Phantom Gear. And it's actually by a studio that's friends of the show, Mega Cat Studios. I actually met these guys. Log jammers, uh, dude. Yeah, no, they made log jammers, but I've met these guys. Uh, Jessica and I actually talked extensively to this team at uh, GDEX two, three years ago, 2016. The, the first conference we ever went to was Columbus, Ohio. This team was there and we actually became friends with some of the guys there. And uh, they put up a game on Kickstarter. It's super cool called Phantom Gear. It looks like so much fun. So let's check this out. Like I said, Phantom Gear is a new original game for the Sega Genesis. The team is going to deliver an old school experience that takes inspiration from different games, both modern games or games from the childhood like Shantae, Kirby, Mega Man X, Castlevania, Ghouls and Ghosts, Ristar, Gunstar Heroes and Monster World 4 to name a few. And they need help. The plan is to finish the game and release it as a beautifully physical edition complete with cart, box and manual, offering the best quality possible. The game will be delivered in a multi-region cart compatible with any Sega Genesis console versions 1, 2 and 3 which is pretty cool. Phantom Gear is a side-scrolling platform game that mixes old-school arcade action gameplay with some modern improvements. The goal is for players to have a fluid and dynamic experience when going through levels and obstacles. On top of that, they are going to push the console boundaries by delivering gorgeous backgrounds and awesome sprite animations. There are five big levels with awesome boss fights, high detailed backgrounds and characters crammed into a 32 mega power cartridge. Through the game, you are going to unlock different skills that are going to help you to progress in the game. If you like exploring, you could use these skills to find alternate paths or secret areas. And of course, there's different weapons like base attacks, fireballs, electro attacks, kind of like Mega Man, blast attacks, melee attacks. That's why the Mega Man was one of the inspirations, I think. Melee attacks, all this kind of stuff. Uh, it, it looks like so much fun. And what what's super cool is that if you read the story excerpt, it kind of sounds like a Mega Man excerpt. And, and I'll read that to you here. In an expedition to the ruins of a forgotten civilization, Dr. Valentine and engineer Agnes discover an ancient artifact that is, is the container of great source of energy. Thanks to this discovery, Valentine and Agnes used the artifact to create new technologies to improve humanity. But a phantom from the past started to move again and generate chaos in the world. From this chaos comes a faction that wanted to weaponize the artifact, the Ocular Force. In one of their attacks in the laboratory of Valentine and Agnes, Ocular Force succeed in stealing a small piece of the artifact. Unfortunately, in that attack, Agnes also lost her life, leaving her daughter Josephine alone in the world. Valentine decided to adopt the daughter of her friend and complete the work of Agnes, a set of combat armor for Josephine, so she could defend herself and the future. And you are playing as Josephine in the game. It's the green-haired girl. But... I don't know, man. This just, like I said, it, it reeks so much of Mega Man to me. 
and just it, it looks so good. I don't know. It looks so good. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for the team. I peeped the, uh, the soundtrack and it's on it point. It sounds great, does it not? It sounds like a very true to experience what we would have gotten on the Sega Genesis. And they, there's actually there, 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 there's a demo out there that I'm downloading and I will be playing later on. Nice. nice yeah. Nice. Uh, this team is based out of Pittsburgh, so they're actually relatively close to actually between both of us, Frank, like in terms of like driving distance, because it's probably like five hours for both of us to get there. <laughs> uh, what, what level do you jump in at? I have not jumped in yet, but I'm probably going to jump at the $50 light level. OK, because I want to get the game cartridge. Yeah, the, the, you do. The, the game cartridge is the biggest reason that you would want to actually own this because it's such a collector's edition, such a collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> I'm kicking around maybe the seventy dollars level because I would get the the, the the full in-box manual thing. Um, but I do at least want the cartridge. Yeah. How freaking cool would it be to have the actual cartridge? Although for 40 bucks, you can get the game ROM and a physical copy of Coffee Crisis for the Genesis. So you can, you can, you can still get a cartridge of a different game if you go uh, a little less. Coffee, cri- Coffee Crisis already exists, right? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, that's not something that's unique to... They, they've, they've done... Three games on Kickstarter. This is their third one right now. So they did yeah, Coffee Crisis. And, and Coffee Crisis Long, Long was, their, was their first one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, they do cool stuff like this. Like I said, they're based out of Pittsburgh. They're a super cool team. They're really nice guys. Uh, and, and they're passionate about what they do. And they have several Kickstarter goals as well. So 25000 obviously, is the initial goal. They're about to hit that. They're at 300 backs with 18 days to go as a time of recording. They're already over 21,000, so they're less than 4,000 away. I, I'm fairly confident that by the time this posts or shortly thereafter, they'll have reached their goal. So stretch goals include at 32,000, they're doing an extra level. So take it up to six levels. 39,000, another extra level. 50,000 more enemies, bigger levels. 59,000, a new playable character. At 90,000, even bigger levels, plus mini bosses in each level. At 110,000, they'll add a boss rush mode and then question marks from there. So they have they obviously have other plans and more Just plans. Just based after on where that, they're but. sitting right now, I do see them hitting somewhere around 60,000. I was going to say, they'll probably fall somewhere between 50 and 60,000. So we can at least guarantee instead of the baseline five levels, they'll probably get to at least seven levels, which really, I guess, probably is. I, I really I just want to get to the 50,000 tier to have more enemies plus bigger levels. So that way there's yeah. more to explore. Like that would probably be the ideal stretch goal to reach. A new playable character would be nice at 59,000. I would, I would love mini bosses as well. I'm, I'm not really on a boss rush kind of guy, except for maybe Cuphead. Boss rush, boss rush can be fun, but it has it has its place. It has its place in certain games. Sean, what do you think on this? I, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is their their graphic for the budget. Yeah, they're sp- they're spending forty percent of their budget on the rewards, and then thirty percent for dev, twelve for graphics, eight for music, and then ten percent is your standard Kickstarter fees and taxes. Right. I think that's fantastic. There's a lot of games that come out that have a lot more of the budget allocated for other things, but it seems like this company really makes it a point to take care of the contributors to the game. It's, it's got to be expensive to produce a cartridge in today's day and age. You know what I mean? Like that, that probably is where a lot of the money is going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it looks like a really good game. I would love to just play it on Steam, you know, but I understand it's a ROM. So that is what that is. Why? Well, I, I think that is there going to be a like an actual Steam version or is it only a ROM? I don't know. I know it's game ROM file. You can download the OST digitally and you get a PDF manual if you do that. Um, but I don't I don't I just see it as a ROM. You just got to play it on an emulator or something, which is totally fine. I mean, there's, you know, several awesome emulators that exist for the Sega Genesis to play things like this. 
So I think the one that I have downloaded for, for this particular reason is uh, Fusion. You can just enjoy the Genesis for what it was on this game, and it's a perfect game for it. Looks awesome. Yeah, check it out. Kickstarter.com. It's called Phantom Gear. That sound right there means we have slipped into the bonus stage. And Kyle is back for bonus stage. For newcomers, what the bonus stage consists of is a series of five questions. Whomever is the first to shout out their name and then deliver the correct answer within three seconds gets the point. If nice. you guess and get it wrong, the others have a chance to answer once. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe Sean, maybe, maybe you'll do well this week. I'm glad Kyle came back for bonus stage. You know, I, I, yeah, I, Kyle, I, 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 Kyle, yeah, you need the competition. <laughs> If everyone is incorrect, we move on. The person with the most amount of points at the end of bonus stage gets to deliver the final address before the outro. Are you guys ready? Oh yeah. Oh right. yeah. Oh yeah. All right, five questions. I, I'm i not convinced these are from easiest to hardest this week because I think there's a, a good amalgamation of questions here that uh, are, are a bit challenging, but still knowable. So let's mm -hmm. see how well you do. Question number one, Maniac Mansion is the game responsible for coining a very popular term in video games still used to this day. What is this term? Wow. Kyle. Wow. Kyle. Newbie. It is not newbie. Dang it. Frank. Frank. Point and click. It is not point and click, but good guess. Sean, do you have a guess? Uh, what was the name of the game again? Maniac Mansion? Maniac yeah. Mansion. Oh, I got it. I got another guess if Sean doesn't, but I know it's not worth a point, but. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, mm, oh gosh, boss. No. Kyle, Dang what it. was your other guess? It's XP. not the points. It is not XP. Damn. It is cutscene. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, cutscene. While working on Maniac Mansion, Ron Gilbert coined the term cutscene. He used this term to describe a scene that cut away from the action of the game. There was a command in Maniac Mansion's code called cutscene, cut-scene, that automatically <laughs> saved the game and restored it once the scene was over. While other games had scenes that would play between levels or after a boss fight, Maniac Mansion was the first to incorporate scenes in the middle of gameplay. That's awesome. And that's the only thing that it's known for. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a pretty popular game. Great game spawned uh, Day of the Tentacle. Yeah, absolutely. That's oh. the sequel to it. Nice, uh, nice. Okay, zero points on the board still. Question number two. Before Banjo became a bear in Banjo-Kazooie, he was known by the name Edison which was the main character for Project Dream, which eventually morphed into the game we all know and love. But Edison, again, was not a bear. What animal was originally intended to be the main character for Banjo-Kazooie? Kyle. Kyle. Sean. Who? Me? Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, kangaroo. It is not a kangaroo. Damn Sean. It, Frank. Uh, I, I'm going to go with... Uh, Sean, Sean buzzed dog. in. Uh, it is not dog. Frank. Elephant. It is not an elephant. <laughs> I actually yeah. put this in here because I thought, Sean, you had taken off the wall guess. It's a rabbit. Oh, Mr. Buttersworth. <laughs> Mr. Buttersworth, as we the found out two boy. weeks ago. He's doing pretty <laughs> no, good. Man. No longer Mrs. Buttersworth. Yeah, I like, literally put that in here for you to say rabbit and you still didn't get it. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> I just can't picture a rabbit being named Banjo. Like, I just... Oh, it would have been Edison. Edison. His, name was, his name was Edison at the time. Edison the Rabbit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I my God. Like, like Eddie Rabbit, the singer. Is that a that a real person? You did it, Frank. You did it. He, he wins. Yeah. He wins the he wins the game this week. He, he wins it. the he wins the point now. <laughs> <laughs> question, number, question number three. Oh, that's probably why I don't know. In the Legend of Zelda on NES, the sprite for rupees was taken directly from another Nintendo developed game at the time, 
just with a color swap. What game did the sprite originally appear in? Frank. Frank. Clue Clue Land. That is correct. Clue yeah. Clue I tried to throw him off. I knew he was going to get it. I even <laughs> played the rookie sound. I heard, I heard and the I ding. <laughs> Clue Clue Land is the correct answer because uh, they used the sprite for the gold ingots that you had to uncover to make the pictures. That is correct. Nicely done. Dang it. One point for Frank. Question number four. Let's see how quick of thinkers you are without seeing something written down on paper. In The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, the NPC Jack Ben, or Jack Ben, however you pronounce it, Earl of Imbil, found in the Imperial City, is actually inspired by what fictional character with a very similarly written name? Jack Ben, Earl of Imbil. What fictional character with a very similar name? Sean. inspired by Sean. Sir Reginald, Duke of Chutney. It's not even close. No, that's that's what that's what the freaking, Frank, that's what little John calls himself in Robin Hood. I That's <laughs> not even close, Frank. Uh, Jean Valjean. No, Kyle, do you have a guess? Jean Valjean wasn't a real person either. That's from Les Miserables. You guys, I'm I'm on your references today. I said fictional character. Oh, oh wait, yeah, listen to the character? game. Yeah, I said yeah. fictional character. Okay, say the name Very one more time. Very similar sounding name. Jack, Jack Ben, now. Earl of Imbel. Um. No, I, I have no idea. Jack Ben, Earl of Imble. Jack B. Imble. Jack oh. B. Nimble. Jack B. Nimble. Jack, Jack B. B. Nimble. Gotcha. Yep. That character was inspired by Jack B. Nimble from an old mid 19th century English nursery rhyme with a boy named Jack who would jump over candlesticks. Jack B. Nimble, Jack B. Quick. He jumps so low, he burnt his. What's the next question? Jack Woo! Ben, Earl of Imple, also owns a pair of unique boots important to the Thieves Guild quest line, which boosts the wearer's acrobatic skill by 50 points, allowing them to jump oh, higher than ever cool. before. The name of the item, the Boots of Spring Hill Jack, is itself a reference to the character as well. Jack B. Nimble. Nice. That's nice, cool. Nice, I, that's nice. a good question. Even though I didn't get it right, I like that question. Frank's still in the lead with one point from the last question, so it all comes down to question number five. But then he took an arrow to the knee, and Sean came in from behind and snuck his second victory. Sean always comes in from behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Tangled, bro. <laughs> in Elibits on the Nintendo Wii. Oh, never mind. An NPC from another Konami-developed game can be found in the amusement park level. Without knowing the name of the character, can you tell me which game this NPC comes from? It's a Konami game. Yeah, Sean. You pretty much, you pretty much have three guesses here, Sean. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. Kyle. Kyle. <sighs> Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> Incorrect. Frank. I will go with the classic as a Contra. No, it is not Contra. It is Silent Hill. Oh, and the character, and the character is Robbie the Rabbit. Oh which my gosh. Be, the actual amusement park level of Elibits was inspired by the amusement park level from Silent Hill. Oh, cool. Yeah, the item description says he loves ketchup. That's not blood. <laughs> if you actually examine uh, Robbie awesome. the Rabbit in Elibits, because you remember Elibits was like a point click type game. You had to find Elibits on the screen. If you actually pointed at Robbie the Rabbit, who is the, literally the same character from Silent Hill, uh, then it would give you that little item description. So pretty cool. But Frank, you do win with uh, your your one point. So you get to uh, deliver the final address before the outro. Yeah, yeah. Frank, you are the big fruity, fruity, chooty champion. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I am oh at the big fruity anything. That's only for the pick of the week. But congratulations, Frank. You leveled up. You can deliver the final address here on Max Level at Level Down Games. <laughs> All right, Frank, go ahead and uh, take it away. What do you got for us this week for the outro? I'm, I feel like this is just your segment now. 
and it will be in perpetuity. Uh, I, I was gonna make fun of Kyle for this outro, but since he left us, I'm just gonna take this time to do something nice. Yeah, Kyle, my, Kyle split as soon as bonus stage ended. He had to go. We ran a little long today. Uh, today is my niece's third birthday, so I just want to... You are gonna have a happy birthday. Sorry. How did you have that queued up so fast? <laughs> <laughs> How did you have that queued up so fast? <laughs> That's pretty good. So happy birthday, Aubrey. Uncle Chichi loves you. How did you have that queued up so fast? You had no idea what he was going to say. How the hell did you do that? Uh, happy that birthday. Was, that was funny, I was dude. Yeah. Was happy I, birthday. I, 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 I will play that for her, just so you know. Happy, happy birthday to, uh, to Aubrey. Yeah. Yes. Happy birthday. But uh, I didn't realize it was so long. That's my bad. Is it her birthday the day of recording or the birthday that it posts? Day of recording, which is three years old. Don't worry. I can still say happy birthday later and she'll still be fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level made possible by leveldowngames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com forward slash level games and click that subscribe button. Also turn notifications on. But while you're at it, if you haven't already, hit up twitch.tv forward slash level games and click that follow button as all the follows do still help us. We're not live often, I say all the time. If we ever do go live for reaction videos or conferences, it's usually on YouTube gaming. If you want to follow someone that is live on twitch.tv every Tuesday, every Thursday and every Saturday or Sunday, that's Bruce underscore deduce twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce B-R-U-C-E underscore d-e-d-e-u-c-e catch him three times a week playing things like uh well fire emblem probably some mario maker 2 he said he's gonna play some overwatch tonight uh the day of recording so last last saturday uh does some dead by daylight some rocket league from time to time an all-around fun guy to watch and as we talked about earlier on in the show that streamworks alliance charity event happening uh the third weekend of september that what is it the 21st and 22nd so be sure to check that out as well Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook give you the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Until next Woo! week, keep gaining experience until you reach max. 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 Level. Level. Oh, man. It's so nice to have the sounds back. It's so nice to have Sean back. But I knew it. I knew it. Sean comes back. Episode three hours long. No <laughs> Three hours long, baby. Cut it down. <laughs>